When you are looking for ways to stand out amongst the competition, custom-branded merchandise is a great investment for your brand. If you need custom t-shirts, hoodies, polos, hats, or other items, then you need to call The Merch Man. The Merch Man specializes in custom items for businesses, bands, artists, brands, and more. The Merch Man offers screen print, direct-to-garment, and embroidery for small orders or big bulk orders. We also offer online store setup and a complete fulfillment center with the best profit margin in the industry for qualifying applicants. Call The Merch Man today at 304-362-2131. That's 304-362-2131. Custom merch fast and at its finest. Resner, this is the experiment, and we had some show adjustments and unexpected issues that caused us to get a little behind on the show, but we are back, and today I've got a great episode for you. Don't forget to give us a like on Facebook at the Brian Resner Experiment. Also, join the focus group of Res, which is also on Facebook, to be locked into all the discussions. Follow us on Instagram at the Brian Resner Experiment, and follow us on Twitter at Brian Effin Resner. Today on the show, we will find out why Nick Ledford got kicked out of the Newfound Glory show at the Fillmore. We will also talk to the underground legend Chucky Campbell and have a debate panel like no other. When a progressive, a libertarian, a classical liberal, and a conservative go head to head to head to head on the future of America. All this and more on the way, but up next, it's late news breaking. We will be right back. Your systems are offline. The Brian Resner Experiment on Superior Radio Network. Yo, you need wheels, but you ain't got the cash? Head on down to Body Shop Motors. They got what you need, and maybe a little bit more. They'll leave you the key, and you drive it off the lot. No questions asked. Just don't tell anybody where you got it. And don't look in the trunk until you get home. Because, hey, whatever you find, drugs, guns, maybe even a dead body, you get to keep. Or dump, or whatever. Again, no questions asked. Body Shop Motors. Located at, well, you know where to find them, smart guy. Beautiful weather for this National Miniature Golf Day tournament. That's right, we're here at the 18th hole of Duffer's World of Putt-Putt Golf. And up next is Jake. Who's decided to play with an orange ball this tournament. Said he was tired of playing with blue balls. Never easy. The 18th hole is tricky because he's got to time his putt perfectly or the windmill will swat his ball away. Had an argument with his wife in the parking lot right before the match. Let's see if that affects his play at all. Something about his putter. But if he makes his putt, the ball will drop into the game over abyss. And here's the shot. Into the tunnel. Ricocheting off the wall. Onto the second green. Heading towards the windmill. It's in the hole. And into the game over abyss. Nice oh, shot. Wow. And please don't ever ask me to cover this event again. No, sir, I will not. SRN presents Late News Breaking. 
In a new interview on Good Morning America, R. Kelly's longtime assistant said she never saw her boss engage in any sexual abuse or misconduct. Then someone handed her cane to her, and her seeing eye dog then led her out of the studio. Cameo is getting more interactive. Now for $100, you can have a phone conversation with a celebrity. And for just $12, you can actually have sex with Chelsea Handler. Actors on the set said Patrick Dempsey was difficult to work with on Grey's Anatomy. He's humbler now that he's been off the show and on unemployment. The new trailer for The Batman comes out next month. It's expected to get millions of hits, and that's just from everyone who's already played Batman. Last week, Scott Bayo celebrated his birthday. He's now $61, overdrawn in his bank account. The new James Bond movie, No Time to Die, is 163 minutes long, so it actually offers, in fact, plenty of time to die. Jason Statham's next movie is called The Beekeeper. It's a socio-political satire about capitalism. Kidding, he shoots guns and makes threats and whispers. In sports news, boxing icon Manny Pacquiao is running for president of the Philippines. But don't worry about him having, you know, too many blows to the head because we've proven in this country that losing a lot of brain cells does not prevent you from holding political office. Six lions were infected with COVID at the Smithsonian Zoo. The lions say they're fine, but I'm sure down deep it hurt their pride. Get it? Group of lions is a pride? Approximately 200 people or less attended the rally in D.C. on Saturday in support of the January 6th rioters, but that's what the organizers get for scheduling it on the same day as a NASCAR race. 40% of people say they would have sex with a robot. The remaining 60% are lying to themselves and everyone else. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson admitted that he has six children from three different mothers. He admitted this when he was answering the question, how has Nick Cannon influenced your life? Visitors at the Bronx Zoo were shocked to see two gorillas engaging in oral sex. They were even more shocked when zoo officials separated them and told the crowd, if you want to see more, subscribe to our OnlyFans. North Korea unveiled a train that can fire nuclear missiles. See what you can afford when you don't waste money on food? And finally, this just in, apparently there is a nationwide shortage of Oscar Mayer Lunchables, so it looks like children all over the country may have less bullshit options for lunch and may have to eat real food choices. Or... Mom, I'm home. How was school today, Tiger? Fine, except where was my Lunchable? Oh, there's a shortage. But in the meantime, there's something new. It's new do-it-yourselfers. Now moms, or dads, can just stack some Ritz crackers, take a cookie cutter and make some little round cold cuts, or cut some leftover pizza into little pieces. Then shove them all in an empty package provided by Oscar Mayer, and boom! Do-it-yourselfers. Wow, it looks like the real thing. Thanks, mom. It's the least a mom can do. I'll just add it to my list. <laughs> Do it yourselfers. Empty packages available now for $5.99. Hello, this is Robocall Rebecca. I've been trying to get you to update the warranty on your car for the last six years. Unfortunately, due to the new FCC law going into effect, this is goodbye forever. You will not be getting any more random calls from me in the middle of your workday. Now if you want to update the warranty on your car, or win a fake cruise from a scam company. 
You will have to find me, Rebecca, the loneliest robot in the land. Hold that thought. There's no law restricting text messaging yet? Score. I'll be texting you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Brian Reznor Experiment. And I'm here with my co-host, Nicholas Ledford, all the way from Detroit, Michigan. How are you today, sir? Howdy doody, my friends. How goes thou? Well, I am doing pretty good, but I heard something about you, and I really just want to cut right to the chase. You went and seen Newfound Glory, but you didn't actually uh. see newfound glory i want to know what happened dude you got kicked out of a fucking concert and you're like what 38 <laughs> i'm i'm sorry i'm 39 and a half uh yeah all right so i wanted a party right? don't you want to come to party when you go to a concert yeah of course i mean yeah have a good time that's what that's what it's all about right all right, so I drank too way too much, and <laughs> I was trying—I was trying to time it out. Uh, my friend Johnny and I were trying to time it out um, to where we didn't have to, um, you know, arrive. We didn't even know if there was going to be drinks served there, so we were just going to hurry up and pregame and then arrive at the venue, which is the Fillmore in downtown Detroit. It's like right across from Le- legendary Park, uh, venue. A legendary yeah, I mean, it's, it's super legendary. It was built in 1925. It's housed all sorts of artists. and uh, Ridiculous stories come out of the film war. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we arrived down there, and I guess the show's running late. The doors open at 6.30. Well, we're still hanging out at like 7.15 is when the first band goes on. And it's some chick named Lolo. You ever heard Lolo? I've never heard Lolo. Is Lolo awesome? Uh, I mean, it's for certain people, it might be. It wasn't really my thing, but she was cool because she got up on stage. She was like, hey, everybody scream if you've never heard of me before. And everybody's like, wow. You know, so that was <laughs> that was nice of her to do that. But that's she, pretty uh, clever. Pretty clever way to work was, a crowd. She she sang good. It just wasn't really my style. She had like a rock band behind her. It wasn't just like you know a pop act or something. She had like a rock band she was singing with. Then it was Hot Mulligan, who I've never heard of until that show. They were okay. Uh, they were kind of like a, like a probably a band you would see at Warp Tour or something, kind of like a screamo band or something. And gotcha. then uh, and then less than Jake. But like I said before, we got there pregaming pretty hard. You know those pedal pubs that uh, go around like in, in bigger cities. They go around the pedal pubs is when like uh, everybody's sitting at a stool as though you're at a bar and you're pedaling. And it's all a big bicycle, and you can go out in the streets with this while getting intoxicated. You know what I'm talking about, right? I know. I have no fucking earthly clue what you're talking about. A pedal pub. You can rent these things downtown. It's fun if there's a uh, football game or a basketball game, whatever. You know, it's, it's, it's super fun if there's a sporting event or like a daytime event going on down there. You rent a pedal pub. It's I think it's got like six seats on each, each side. There's a bartender that sits in the middle of it. It almost looks kind of like a trolley car, and it's got a huge boom box on it. And you all pedal while you drink alcohol. You don't know anything about this. this. Sounds what like year a, is it there? This sounds like a fucking fever dream. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. No. A, a pedal. So basically a bar that's also a bicycle that you ride mm-hmm. down the road and get drunk on. Yes, sir. 
What the fuck are you talking about? I don't know. If, I hope it's not was, just a Michigan thing. Otherwise, that's a real alcoholic statement right there. It must be just. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not saying I've been to all 50 states. Maybe there's other 50 states that are participating in this crazy event that you're talking mm-hmm. about. But uh, but no, here in Florida, I do not see any mobile bars. And you'd think if you were going to have a bicycle bar, where would you put it? Florida. That's I mean, that's where you'd think. But actually, yeah. no. If you had it in Florida, people would probably get hit by cars constantly. <laughs> well, Detroit City uh, has pretty empty streets, and we're all good with that. Regardless, there is a huge line to go to this concert. I'm guessing everybody else has you know, got cabin fever or ready to go see something live. I'm pumped. I'm all kinds of – I'm jacked up on Mountain Dew. No, actually, you want to know what it was? It was – it was monster energy drink, like purple uh-huh. and vodka. Ooh. And I'm not a, I'm not a liquor dude in the least. And I'm telling you, we put, we drank as a solid amount, probably enough to kill a horse. I would say enough to kill a horse. <laughs> you know, okay. vodka horse testing well, like going around. You know, I couldn't imagine anything less. You're, you're on a alcoholic bicycle. <laughs> With with twelve of your friends, so I would say no, 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 no. no. I wasn't on one. I'm just telling you, there was one that rolled by, and it was playing uh, to the front, to the front, to the butt, to the butt. Now tip, and I, I don't know how, but I had this drunk white boy dance power, and I was out there doing it, and people were feeling me. I was like, man, this is great. Everybody's laughing. We're all having a fun time, and uh, then we got to go inside and. I'm sorry to anybody that might be listening that is associated with the Fillmore, but the the people there are they're police. They're they're tryhards, man. They're they're the cops in this place with their little flashlight on their waist, like, all right, mister. I went in there and they said, Let me see your uh your proof of a negative COVID test, which I flashed for one second. They were like, Okay, pass. Well, then I also had medication that I need for me, and I pulled it out on the little tray so I could do the metal detector thing. And they sat back and had to look at my ID, read, and make sure I was the person that owned the prescription for this medicine. Wow. More so, more so than they would than they cared about the COVID thing. Like, I doubt this person – I mean, there was like a – it had to be several hundred people at the show, so you're not going to read everybody. But as soon as I pulled out like my medication that I needed, they're like, no, we need to see your ID and all this stuff. So we go in, starting to get buzzed. It's loud. One of the first bands is playing. Uh, my buddy Johnny that I'm with, I think he's I think he's trying to get embarrassed a little bit because of how I'm dancing and acting, which is embarrassing. Cause I'm, right. <laughs> I'm, I guarantee it was. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure he's just like, oh, my God, what the fuck's this guy doing? So I'm in full drunk mode, and he's he's – He's buying the beers, and it's um, it's a beer that I'm not used to. It's an IPA, and it has a high alcohol level. It's like ungodly, whatever, twelve point nine percent, or you know, some ridiculous. So you're drinking, you're drinking hipster beer. Uh, you're dancing in the streets. You're you're hanging out with the with mobile bicycle bars. Um, so so anyway, how did this how did this go wrong again? Okay, so <laughs> there's a smoking section. And uh, me and my buddy John were like, you know, while the first bands were playing, we're like, you know, what, let's go outside and check out the view and stuff. You know, downtown, we're right in between these two skyscrapers and the sun's setting. It's just beautiful. It's wonderful outside. And uh, we're taking a couple drags and everything. And all of a sudden, I don't know, there's probably like 20, 30 people out to the side smoking. And this one girl comes out 
And Brian, I'm telling you, man, it's this girl was wearing just she was wearing a bra and panties. That's that's all she was wearing. If she was wearing something, she was wearing like a little tank top cut out in the exact same shape and sizes of a of a bra and panties or whatever. And it's ridiculous. I've, I've seen cleavage at this at, the, at a strip bar that was more conservative than that, you know. And and she's hanging out, and it's so obvious. And and my buddy Johnny and I are, are finished. We're like, all right, well, let's go back in and see what happens. And I see her walking in. Drunken Nick shouts out, "Well, I'm not staring at those titties." And I kept walking. Nobody liked <laughs> that line right there. Nobody liked it. It was oh. like. I, yeah, it was like just I just – it was as though I just, I don't know, uh, committed some type of violent crime on somebody. Everybody's like, oh, my God, why did you know? And people are screaming and yelling at me. And I'm like, I said I didn't look at her titties. Like, what is going on? Like, I'm telling you, I didn't commit creepiness. And now I'm the bad guy. You're treating me like I'm a bad creep. So I'm looking around for Johnny. He's gone. Johnny's not there. Yeah, he I'm bailed like, on oh, He's like, uh-oh. Nobody. This guy no, is done for Nobody's got out. my back. No. Yeah, nobody's got my back. I'm fucked. I'm like, oh. So I just keep walking because they aren't really in charge of anything. <laughs> they can't stop me. And they're, uh, you know, they're at a newfound glory. They're not, they're at a newfound glory show. They're not bodybuilders. They're not tough dudes. You know? Right. <laughs> you know? So, yes. well, I, I guess that says something about me too. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, I get back inside, go to, uh, use the bathroom, find Johnny, go downstairs. It's the plate. Like I said, it's beautiful. There's statues everywhere. We're looking at these statues, and come come to find out later on, you know the movie The Hangover at the very end, whenever they find the camera or something, and it has the roll of film of all the crazy shit they did while they were blacked out drunk. Uh, that's kind of how it was for me. I looked at my phone later on, and some of those statues that were downstairs near the bathrooms. <laughs> They were naked Greek ladies, right? They're like right. something beautiful. I'm sure some architect from yesteryear, you know, spent years on this and perfected his craft. And we're over there like doggy style in it, grabbing its boobs and all, <laughs> which seems even worse because of what I said earlier. Yeah, and you are just but Mr. Creep at the show. Like, wow, <sighs> you're... Your 90s was all hanging out. No, okay, whatever. But listen, I didn't... I just I was just doing it with my friend for pictures. It wasn't like I was like, hey everybody, look at me, my wife's statue. But we get to the point where we we get in, we get out, and Johnny's not there again. Of course, he's a disappearing Johnny. And <laughs> one of the people that was outside as we were walking up the stairs, one of the people that was outside that saw the me saying, Well, I'm not staring at those two, you know. Um, he sees me as we're walking upstairs and he's like, Hey man, blah blah. I don't even know what he says. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm really intoxicated. Plastered. And I, and I think he's going to swing on me, but then again, it could be the beer talking. So I kind of, you know, ready myself, like, to, you know, in defense, this dude's not much bigger than me, but he's got the upper ground, like, like Obi-Wan had, you know. So <laughs> this dude flips my hat up and it flies all the way back downstairs. And this sends me into rage mode because I've always, I've always wore a ball cap all my life. And whenever somebody came around, like tapped my ball cap, like the bill of it and made it go down. Oh, mommy. Made you mad. Huh? So mad. Oh my God, man. Makes me madder than a nine dick Billy goat, buddy. I'm telling you. No. <laughs> Jesus. 
<laughs> Where so did... I turned to look. Is no, that a saying? It's, hor- it's hornier than a non-dick billy goat. Oh, okay. So I looked behind me, and my hat was – I saw where my hat was, but then I was like, no, fuck that hat. I swing, and I connect with, like, his rib-slash-stomach area. And he takes off up the stairs because there's a bouncer-slash- uh, bodyguard whatever they are at the top of the stairs i go down i'm like all right he's a bitch he's he's taking off on me i go back get my hat start climbing up the stairs and this dude's like that dude was there you know that bodyguard was there that bouncer and we make our way back upstairs or i do at least and that bouncer is there the bodyguard or whatever and he's like hold on a minute boss i'm gonna need to talk to you and stuff and I figured, man, I'm about to go down. This is it right here. I've done, I've done too much. That was it. <laughs> you know, you can't just keep, can't keep being bad at a concert. Right. <laughs> you're, you're like a, you're a trouble guy at this point. Everybody's been watching you for hours. So, I think I'm done at this point after we're sitting still. And he says, uh, he's like, I'm going to use you right here. Our uh, manager or whatever's coming over. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm getting kicked out. And I just remembered at that point, I had snuck a little bit of the uh, uh, herb, some of those jazz cabbages, as they say. Jazz the cabbage. Lettuce. I, I like jazz yeah. cabbage. I've never heard that before. I, I like calling it jazz cabbage. I yeah. think I'm going to use that. You can have that. You Thank you. That. Thank you. Tell people you came up with it. I, I, I will. I didn't. I didn't come up with it. So uh, I pull it out, and I'm like, hey, man, you smoke? And he was like, eh. he's kind of looking around, and I was like, here, take this. I'm about to get kicked out. Manager comes over. This dude says, I got him. Uh, give us just a second. He walks us down to the front of the goddamn stage. Now we're like three people back from less than Jake. Less than Jake's rocking it. And I'm like, yo, this is great. How did we do this? It's a miracle. I still need to talk to Johnny about it because I don't really understand. I mean, I don't know. I hooked the dude up. I gave it to him because I was about to get kicked out and I didn't want like the police, you know, even though it's legal, I didn't want to, you know, have to like get rid of it or, you know, whatever the fuck happens if you get busted and have marijuana on you. So I just gave it to the dude. I was like, here, he must've talked to that woman. Like, nah, that other dude was a bitch. And I was like, all right. So, uh, all right. They nice. us down there. Yeah. They walked us down there and we're sitting there and I'm, I'm, I'm with Johnny. We're, we're, we're vibing less than Jake's playing the good shit. They're playing the, uh, the science of, uh, selling yourself short, which is one of the best songs, you know, it's a really great hit. And, uh, I'm unable to stand up, man. I've I've fought the good fight. I've lied my face off to people. I've fought against my own demons. <laughs> now I'm leaning. I'm leaning at the concert trying to watch it, but I'm just leaning to the left the entire time because I'm I'm down, bud. I've I've, I've been through the war. I've been you're, through the trenches. You're drunk. I mean, you're 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 done for. <laughs> so uh, I'm filming it. I'm filming it live on Facebook who I uh, tried to call Mr. Brian Reznor so he could see some of the show. I guess he was too cool to answer the phone at the time. But uh, I actually tried to, and it wouldn't let me answer. I don't know what was up with your with your connection, but my connection was good. It said your connection was bad and would not let me it, connect with you. And I was leaning, and I had this video going, and I was filming Lesson Jake play The Science of Selling Yourself Short. As I turn around, I'm, I'm looking at Johnny. We were getting ready to bounce out, maybe go smoke again or use the restroom or whatever. And as I turn around, there's the dude I saw and fought in the stairwell, man. There he is. Out of nowhere, he's two feet behind me as I'm, like, filming the crowd. You know, I want to get, like, a nice shot of everybody enjoying the show. Right. There he is. So, so there he is 
and I'm giving him the finger while I'm filming it, and he. I guess he's acting like he's falling down or something, like making fun of me, but he really does fall down, and I make my way to John. That's where the the video is, and that's kind of where my memory ends. Here's where we get to the iPhone part is where the iPhone always remembers. Johnny pulls out his phone, and he starts taking pictures of me getting escorted out of the building. So getting escorted out of the building for for what? For leaning too hard. <laughs> I was too, so I mean, you, too drunk. So you were said, overserved. It was yeah. a, a case of overserved. See, I thought that the, I thought you would have got thrown out for the fight. See, I seen you talking about it online, and I thought that you got thrown out because you fought. But instead, you were overserved. <laughs> How disappointing, Nick. I didn't. I didn't fight enough. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so we go outside and it's like fuck I don't know 1030 this whole event took place in two or three hours you know just getting shit faced and uh, finally uh, Johnny's girlfriend came and goes we had a DD so don't worry about that Taylor what up Tay I know you're listening so thank you uh, and then I know that she picked us up but we met some interesting people outside uh, you know they less fortunate people you know homeless people and we gave them some money so I felt better for doing that you know giving everybody you know a couple of dollars listening to them talk and things and you know what the wildest thing about it was is I always bitch about how people up here have never like heard of West Virginia and everybody gets that shit confused all the time with Virginia right uh, you know these these less fortunate people they they were telling me cities in West Virginia that they knew of where you know where they had friends or family or had drove through and some of the most intelligent sound people that I had talked to up here in a long time no non-aggressive just friendly people and uh, anyways our shit face came back <laughs> came back to the house never got to uh, see newfound glory one time never saw new didn't even listen to one didn't even hear one note of one song and uh apparently i was trying to break into my own house just today i found the uh wrist bracelet the little wristband that you get so you can drink on the side of the house that's what you so. didn't need if you wouldn't have had that <laughs> see you know I, I know this sounds weird but i've been to Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of concerts. I've thrown hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of concerts. Oh, I know. I, I know. am never drunk at any of them. I've ne- I've never been even even when I was going to concerts as a fan, which I still you know still do. I still want to remember the show. So I I always thought of that when I was thinking about going to you know do any any concert whatsoever. I always wanted to stay sober because. I didn't want to get blackout drunk at a concert and be like, yeah, I seen corn, but I don't remember. I have no idea. Yeah. Or, you know, you well, know what I mean? I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to say this. You remember you said you, you're still going to go see kiss, right? I am uh, October 9th. You're not going to need alcohol. You're going to need like some pills. <laughs> definitely not you. doing drugs. You're going to no, 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 no. You're going to need like caffeine pills. Just fucking stay awake. Like, Oh, the, I see. I don't think so. I mean, smack. what about, I mean, I, I want, to see gene simmons blow fire i want to see uh, you know i want to see that i want i, I think i'm gonna enjoy you it. do that though you, you know can blow fire i do blow I've fire but do it. but not like gene simmons blows fire oh. have you ever seen his video i mean he he puts me to shame i can blow i could blow a decent fireball everclear style he's doing something with lamp oil or something it's a it's a different uh oh. 
it's a different vibe for what he does and what what I do as far as blowing fire. Now he can't do no David Blaine shit. You ever watch that dude swallow a load? Uh, <laughs> stuff, man. He can swallow frogs. You ever seen him? Oh. He swallows those frogs and spits them back up. I know you've uh, seen that shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Wonderful. <laughs> Just the that way you put it was just, go the ways. I, you know, I honestly don't think after you put that like that, I don't think there's anywhere else we can go from here. My interview with Chucky Campbell is coming up next, but first I want to play a track from Chucky Campbell and the Black Den. Here is no collusion on the Brian Reznor experiment. We'll be right back with the real deal, Chucky Campbell. Could I word this so it all makes sense? So when you listen, you can feel it, just not hear its intent. I know that feeling is a spirit that can heal us in steps. But it seems as though I look up and see darkness and death. And an armed black teen shot twice in the head. Active shooters with tattoos of swastikas on their chest. Rushing by to bright bars, spinning lies in the web. Now they march with tiki torches and confederate flags. Uh, nah, I wonder just what it would take to chart a new path. For that to happen, we would have to have a look at our past. Acknowledge how it shaped the present and the privilege we have. Just the beatings or the lynchings or the killings In fact, redlining Jim Crow Acres of land, every cause has an effect Yesterday is not today, but every present has a past We will overcome Everything going on Everything, everything going wrong Everything is gonna be alright It's gonna be alright Just you wait and see Everything going on Could I word this so it all makes sense? So when you listen, you can feel it, just not hear its intent. Hurt people, hurt people, through our pain we express. To hate another human being is to love yourself less. To do more than break the cycle, then forgive or forget. The hill oppression, the oppressor should not look to the oppressed. Meanwhile, a black father has to talk with his child. A routine traffic stop can leave him dead or in jail. Uh. Nah, I wonder if you ponder even know how it feels To have a loved one who was killed for the color of the skin Another black male sentenced years in a cell No collusion, an addict overdoses on pills Still with them we're all human Diasporas of Africa, original man Yesterday is not today, but every present has a past You just heard that is No Collusion by Chucky Campbell and Chucky Campbell 
just happens to be with us here today on the Brian Reznor Experiment. Chucky Campbell, welcome to the experiment. How's it going, man? It's uh, great. I uh, appreciate you having me here. It's dope to be on here. I appreciate you coming and being a part of the show today, and we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Uh, Some people may be familiar with you. Some people may not, but hopefully after this episode, we'll have everyone familiar with you. Uh, Thank you so much, man. Let's fill them in. So uh, the first question I like to really ask anybody is, is how did this whole thing get started with you? Because you're a very unique artist. You create very unique music. I want to know what got you into this music game like to begin with what what made you fall in love with create being a creator uh well um when i was very young uh my mother used to clean up the house and listen to a bunch of soul records and uh you know i kind of took a liking to some of that stuff and uh, it kind of helped that we grew up maybe in a low-income or high crime area (laughs) so uh, i was introduced to hip-hop very young and um, I used to travel back and forth between Richmond and Lexington and participate in these mic battles. And uh, it was kind of my interest into the world of ideas. And it got me interested in art and creativity. And now this is in Kentucky. Happening. This is in Kentucky yeah. when, that, when, when you first got started, right? Yeah, this is in Kentucky. I'm a, originally, I was born in Hazard, Kentucky, but I lived in uh, Lexington and Richmond, Kentucky for um, probably most of my early life until about I was 18 years old. So, so these battles, uh, where are these battles taking place? Uh, they was at an old club in South Hill Station in Lexington, Kentucky, named Yats. And uh, it was just everybody would spend their whole week gathering material. And you didn't know who you was going to go in there and battle, who you was going to see. And, um, you know, at that time, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, rappers that looked like me. You know, I was one of the few white faces in the building. So, I'd go in there and I'd be like the little white kid on stage <laughs> battling everybody, you know? This is like eight mile, but in Kentucky. So <laughs> uh maybe a little bit like that. I don't know. There was a lot of there was a lot of uh people regionally that were kind of already doing like they were I don't want to say they were M and M's everywhere, but there were like uh there were white rappers everywhere kind of doing like indie underground hip hop music everywhere. And especially in that area, there was a lot of um like rich cultural um, I guess intersections of hip hop. So like you had influences from down South, you had influences from the more classic forms of hip hop coming from New York and the East coast. And there are people that are influenced by the West, but like the, this kind of central part of the, uh, the nation didn't have an identity yet. And so there was all these different cross sections of hip hop in the same place. And so it was a, a, a really good place for that to pollinate and grow unique identities out of that. So you get out of that grows like scribble jam in Cincinnati where like Brian Sayer starts having these big uh, MC battles and the graffiti and the uh, dance uh, break dancing competition, so on and so forth. And what I'm talking about is just like probably one of the very small pieces of that, that was helping some of that grow, you know, before it came to its fruition. So when you're 18 and you're leaving Kentucky, what year is this? Um, it's 1999. 1999, and you are leaving Kentucky, headed for New York, and and there's no doubt in your mind you're taking your music with you. Oh, uh, no. All right. This is a, this is a long story. <laughs> so uh, at, when I was 18 years old, uh, I got a basketball scholarship as an all-state point guard, and uh I, I coming out of Kentucky and I went and played four years of college basketball at the university and uh, 
uh, Tennessee. And then after that, I ended up playing a little bit of pro ball before I messed my knee up. And then uh, after that, that took me to Nashville, Tennessee. Wait, let's That's stop. The- let's stop on pro ball for a second. Uh, pro. So you were you were actually playing pro ball for a minute? Yeah, so I played um, the most overseas ball I played was in Caracas, Venezuela. It's just for probably about, I would say, seven, eight months or something like that before I got hurt. Wow, that's uh, that had to have been a pretty awesome experience in itself. Yeah, um, so I mean, a lot of socially economic crazy stuff was happening at the time. It was like uh, Chavez was coming to power and um, people were rioting. And it was insane to live over there at the time. And I didn't really know the language. So that was um, <laughs> that was hard to communicate with people and uh, so on and so forth with that. Yeah, definitely not a great place to be in when it's uh, when it's rioting and stuff and you don't even know how to speak their language. That's it's not a good spot to put yourself in. <laughs> right, man. I was just going to practice and doing my thing and then coming right back home. And so you hurt yourself myself. So you hurt yourself. You're coming back to the States. Yeah, I hurt my knee, came back to the States, um, ended up moving to Nashville with uh, one of the guys that I started doing music with in Kentucky. His name was Willie Breeding. And uh, we lived together in Nashville for probably a year or so before um, I I ran through all that money that I made, (laughs) you know. And so uh, just we were trying to live the dream. We met a lot of people down there at the time. Um, I know I don't know if you're familiar with like Haystack and Charlie P. Yeah, like we were like running around with all those street flavor guys. And so Willie was doing like studio work with them. I got to meet Young Buck before anybody knew who like Young Buck was. He was like recording in our (laughs) in our kind of our little house we had was written out. And then uh, who else was it that's big now? Oh, Jelly Roll, right? Jelly, Jelly Roll, Roll is so huge right now. <laughs> I know. It's crazy, man. Jelly Roll, um, when he came in our place, like, he was he was young, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, like, uh, I remember Charlie P looking at me, and he was like, that's going to be the white 50 cent, you know? <laughs> Obviously, he's not the white <laughs> 50 cent. But at that time, even at that time, Jelly Roll was like, I think he's two or three years younger than me or something like that. And, um he was just recording at the house and we were just doing as much track work as we could back then to try to make connections. But then we ran out of cash, <laughs> you know, it happens. So, yeah. So there we are going back to Richmond, Kentucky, you know, trying to rebuild this thing that we've been working on for all these years. So you go back um, to Richmond, Kentucky. And, and where do we go from there? So when I arrived back in Richmond, Kentucky, the guy that kind of introduced hip hop to me, his name was Ralph Prater, and he was a really good friend of mine. Ralph had been living in Seattle, Washington for, um, I would say, two or three years at that time. Uh, the last of those, the last of that, that, th- that, I think that third year, I think he was like homeless. And so he had finally made it back to Richmond. Ralph was originally from Detroit. And uh, we were like really good friends, really tight. Uh, And he was kind of my mentor in terms of hip hop and rap and stuff like that. And so Willie kind of started building a studio and uh, me and Ralph started looking for a band because we was going to come up with this hip hop kind of concept where we were going to form this group called the congregation. It was going to be like a live hip hop uh, thing, you know, and uh, we started working on it. And uh, it, things looked like they were going to be okay. We went over to this guy's house to ask him to be a drummer for us. And uh, I didn't know all the stuff that was happening 
in the background of Ralph's life. You know what I'm saying? There was a lot of stuff going on. Um, and, uh, that night he flipped out, you know, and, uh, I ended up, um, I ended up having my jaw broken in two places. So I had two metal plates in my face and I couldn't rap really again <laughs> after that for a long time. So yeah, it was like, like seven years, wasn't it? Yeah. So I had my, had my mouth wired shut and then, uh, my mom, you know, kind of coached me back through, you know, getting the, uh, mobility back in my mouth again. And then, uh, when I was able to start articulating myself again in a certain way, um, I don't know. I didn't jump right back into rap. I started using my creativity in different ways. So I went and I got a master's in English literature and creative writing. And I started publishing books of poetry and then teaching. And, uh, then uh, since that was working out for me, other opportunities started to open up. I went to, I taught ESL in China for like a year and a half and then, uh, applied to PhD programs. And I got picked up by the university of Southern Mississippi's center for writers and um, I spent a couple of years down in Mississippi, like right after Katrina had, had hit. Really, I finished a five-year program in two years, and then I got hired to start teaching up in Buffalo. So that's how I made it to New York. Um, and they picked me up, and I, I had this new job. I had a fiancé at the time. Uh, things were looking really bright and looking good. And then on, like, around, I think it was like in mid-March, I found out that Ralph committed suicide. Wow. I mean, yeah. So when I figured when that happened, I hadn't been doing hip hop for like, yeah, like around seven years, probably seven, seven and a half years. I hadn't done anything, but I, I found myself coming home um, and I really couldn't, I couldn't write anything but hip hop songs. I was like, just found myself writing rap music. You know, ironically, Willie reached back out to me. And after all these years, he had built up, you know, all these different skills. He had been doing music in New York City for years, you know, and then he's like, you want to do a project? And so that linked up. And then I just started I just started producing all of this music, you know, like it just started coming out of me. That's kind of <laughs> that's kind of the long and short story of it, you know. So how exactly did you start bringing big band style instruments into hip hop? Because that is the thing that really stood out about you the very first time i seen you in concert i was like what is this like like i don't even know what's about to happen here and then it all came together and it was like this i tell you what this is it's magic what how did you you get that vibe and say hey this is what i want to do i want to add these instruments boom right in the middle of hip-hop well i mean a long time ago me, me and ralph had the idea that we wanted to start a band and so like that had always been in the back of my mind when i was in buffalo or whatever um, I was kind of always looking to incorporate things that would set the music apart. So I had for a long time, I had like a, a violin player coming around with me at different venues, just like kind of playing certain parts of the music and, you know, setting me apart, giving, adding value to my music, you know, mm -hmm. giving a different experience to the li listener. And then after I had experimented with the violin, I was like, well, why don't I just add like a drummer? I was like, because hip hop is really based around drums. That's like where the power comes from, you know? So I was like, we, uh, I tried it a couple of times. Uh, I went back and done some shows in Kentucky and had a drummer sit in with me. Um, and I came back from one of those shows. I just got off tour with uh, Prim Rock and Really Green. We had done a West Coast run. I think it was like 20 days or something like that. A guy in Buffalo hit me up 
David Teaspoon Hewlett, who's uh he's actually singing on that first song, No Collusion. Um, he's the he's the drummer that's playing on that song too. So he hit me up and he was like, you know, come down to the Colored Musicians Club and come hang out with us. And unbeknownst to me, I was I was gonna show up there and I got on the mic and I didn't get off for like three hours. I just sit there and rapped over all this live music and it was beautiful and we were riffing off each other. It was just like improvisation, you know. Right. So like the the instrument gets a little time. I get a little time. I give time to another instrument and I go back in. So, you know, this, um, we're just riffing off each other. And then that ended up being such a successful situation that we're like, let's do something with this. You know, let's build it into something. And um, David had the idea of the faction, you know, so yeah. we added this whole band backing the music that I was making. And that shit was beautiful. Uh, Chucky Campbell and the faction is the very first thing that I ever seen from you. And I was like, this is, I want to hear this all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of people had great reactions to it. I mean, we we uh, started touring the country and this is when I didn't really have a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I was just out there grinding. I was like, you know, we'll take whatever we can get, you know, from one city to the next city and whatever we make. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to, we're going to split it as evenly as we possibly can. You know, like there was no way of whatever kept us on the road. We just used that money to keep us going. I think our first tour was like 35 cities. You know, I'd set up some insane route, you know. Um, and of course, I'd, I didn't know what that was going to be like because I'd only done hip hop tours uh, before, not with like an entire band. Like managing a band on the road is so different than trying to just, you know, a couple of guys that love getting on the mic and getting up there rapping, pushing play on a, on a computer. That's different, you know, yeah. like then a whole band. So I learned a lot during that process, you know, and the faction, I mean, we went to South by Southwest as official artists, A3C as official artists. We won canal side battle with the bands. I mean, we, I mean, it took off. Yeah, so. you did. So this next song that we're going to play on the show today, I want you to kind of set it up. You, you, you're giving me these, these tracks that are out right now for anyone to check out, you can you can get these on Spotify, you can get these on Apple Music. Um, but this next song that we're we're talking about is a swipe right. Kind of set it up. Well, what is this song about, and and what was the process of recording it? Uh, swipe right is a track off of uh, my EP Curious Incidents and Cancel Culture. It was produced by Willie Breeding. Um, it's uh, the whole the whole EP is basically kind of challenging this current moment that we're at in time, you know, where things don't seem to make sense. Where like the boss of The Apprentice became our president and <laughs> Kobe Bryant dies in a helicopter crash. And, you know, all of these um, social inequities and inequalities start to come to the forefront and people start to recognize that there's injustice and so like with this co-intermingling of all these different things, um, what's been corrupted most, I think, is our ideal of what love is. And so in the in the song, you're going to hear me question, you know, um, how many flowers have to die for your love? And so the idea is that, like, you know, our value of love has been perverted in some way by the exposure of different cultural influences, things like uh, Instagram and other social media and the way information is coordinated, managed in society. Um, and we've learned to somehow, um, I guess, pervert that meaning 
of what it, it truly is to to be human and love each other and care about each other you know that social divide that's currently currently happening in our country so check it out right now it is swipe right by chucky campbell on the brian resner experiment last night god spoke to me and touched me in a dream on the surface i surrendered every burden to my peace surrounded and unsure i wasn't serving this was sleep i poured bourbon nerves and nerves and worked the words out to a beat a photogenic photo finish phoning homie t spinning vinyl on the phonograph foaming at the mouth for every hater acting extra there's more love here to be found learning it's okay to flash a smile just as many flowers have to die for your love Get work like brick work, she doing time for your love Kyrie Irving, flat earthers telling lies for your love Tommy Leverett's on tender swipe right for ya Falling petals in the summer breeze There's nothing harder than knowing that you were never free That this was never deep, that every dream that you ever dreamt may never be Hold up, let me back up, find a place to set a scene It was made when a father took a handful of pills Chased with liquor on that country road Driving home asleep at the wheel Cross the median, weaving in the traffic he lives but kills a young teen pregnant with twins the tragic end before they gave him life in the pen he wrote a note to his daughter shot himself in the head by the roadside vigil where the family had wept they found his body in a ditch 2am pronounced in every human heart there's a god-shaped hole we fill it with the drugs and the drink and the gold and wake up in the morning with no room for our soul it's funny how the crowd make you feel so alone there will never be enough likes on that post or a highlight the first high from that dope Oh, I look like the first love Just move on Almost no one is awake But everyone's woke Just the many flowers have to die for your love Get work like brick work She do with time for your love Kyrie Irving, flat earthers telling lies for your love Tommy Leverett's on to the swipe right for ya But just the many flowers have to die for your love Move weight like big pharma getting high for your love Right, part and rush your box telling lies for your love Red Kavanaugh on to the swipe right If we wanted what we needed, we wouldn't need what we want If we thought as thoughtful thinkers, we wouldn't think what we thought Thinking thoughts are thoughtful thinkers, not thinking just cause we're taught To believe in the beliefs we believe in could be in part Part and base in the belief we believe in simply because We believe in the beliefs that we feel that we can't belong And don't believe in what belongs to the facts The truth is harder to believe in the land of fake deeds Wikipedia is trustworthy, now it's WikiLeaks Stealing roofers in your church pews with AR-15s And when this house of cards falls, just repeat after me Falling petals in the summer breeze There's nothing harder than knowing that you were never free That this was never deep That every dream that you ever dreamt may never be Hold up, let me back and find a place to set a scene It was made when young Johnny declared it had had enough The older kids had made fun of him, bullied him now for months Called his sister a dirty whore and a hoe and a slut Over some rumors she was pregnant but knew not who the father was in their lungs When Johnny took up for his sister they punched Kicked and physically beat him up till he was covered in blood The same night his sister died at the hands of a drunk He opened up his father's gun cabinet and reached for a gun In every human heart there's a God-shaped hole Johnny filled it with the hate and the pain felt cold Woke up in the morning with no room for his soul And walked into his school locked and ready to a load There will never be enough guards on that post To revive those who died and have now passed on Or a way to make up for right this wrong Almost no one is awake but everyone's woke <laughs> Just the many flowers have to die for your love Get work like brick work she do with time for your love Kyrie Irving flat earthers telling lies for your love Tommy Leverett's on to the swipe right for ya But just the many flowers have to die for your love Get shot like Lizzie Hustle trying to rhyme for your love Alex Jones getting canceled telling lies for your love Kevin Spacey's on to the swipe right, swipe right, swipe right, swipe right, swipe right, swipe right, swipe right.
serious incidents in cancel culture. Chucky Campbell with uh, Swipe Right. Now, what exactly is a curious incident in cancel culture, Mr. Campbell? Um, well, some of the things that you were kind of hearing in the song where um, at the beginning of the song, you see um, the father who takes a handful of pills. You know, uh, of course, he's doing this because in some uh, context in his inner life, he feels numb and he, he needs to somehow supplement his life in some other way. And just these very small moments that he takes for granted ends up killing another person while he's on the highway and on the road. And this inner turmoil ends up to ends up leading to his own suicide. And later on, what you see is that becomes a chain reaction with the other character in the song. Young Johnny, whose sister is the girl who dies in the car accident, becomes, since he's being bullied at school, it's the tragic death of his sister that ends up causing him to go into his father's gun cabinet and grab the gun. And that leads to him going to shoot up his school. Lives are lost in such a way where it's irreparable and we can never get these kind of things back. So there's kind of this deeper meaning to, um, that lies under the song, right? I'm dealing with concepts of, you know, gun control and dealing with concepts of addiction and drug abuse, but these aren't just siloed issues. Instead, they're stitched into the entire fabric of our country and each individual's actions and behaviors are actually connected to each other individual's collective understanding of who we are. So I know it's a large concept, but it's a great con. I I love knowledge in hip hop. Anytime that knowledge comes from hip hop, it's something good. I don't understand why all hip hop can't be knowledge hip hop. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, for me, that's the way it started with me. Hip hop was my introduction to the world of ideas. You know, I understand that people love music for all different reasons. You know, some music is made for you to dance and just have fun and let go and, and, um, you know, kind of just relax. But, um, my, my music specifically, I feel like, um, I enjoy that deeper layer when a song makes you feel good or is the sound is there, but that where there's also a story or a narrative that's happening underneath it. I think it enriches the process. It definitely does enrich the process because listening to listening to your album is like listening to a lecture at a college. (laughs) It's, uh, it's very, very different. Yeah, no, I think that, um, I was listening to Blueprint's new podcast right now. I'm trying to think of what it's called. It's escaping me at the moment, but he was talking about how he's worked all of these different jobs throughout his career. And that like, even though they sit in the background and most artists think that they should just, their artist career should just pay for itself. Most of us end up working part-time jobs or full-time jobs on the side. And that from each one of these jobs, you pick up a skill set. If you're kind of open to it enough and you are able to learn like from your job, then you can apply what you learn at that job inside of your music. And that definitely stands for me because um, like I teach public speaking, I teach writing, I teach, um, you know, literature at the college level. And so these, there's like little things that I notice about great art that makes a piece of art go to the top and what I consider to be great. And I've kind of picked picked up on some of that and i hope that it shows up in my music so the project you're working on now tell me about it because it's not out yet and you would not let me release even a freaking track (laughs) off of it so it's like top secret shit here i want to know about it at least you have to give me some information about the new project all right so this new project is um shadows resembling god it was produced by one word who's a rapper and producer uh out in the san francisco bay area oakland all of these different you know um kind of spaces for hip hop out west and so um me and one word have known each other for quite a while i helped him uh set up his show 
in Buffalo when he came through. Uh, he performed at Electric Avenue and he was with Dan Dillinger and we uh, kind of connected there. Uh, unbeknownst to me, later on, two or three day, three two or three years down the road, um, he would end up sending me some instrumentals, you know, and we'd start working on this project. As far as what the project is about, it's kind of about what the meaning of art actually is, you know, in terms of not it just being a form of entertainment, but maybe a deeper spiritual experience. And I mean, I'm not a very religious person, so to speak, but I am a very spiritual person. I'm a person that likes to be in tune with what it means to be alive or to a higher consciousness or a higher power. And so the song, the songs on the album are kind of addressing that, uh, you know, what is it that we're tapping into when we're making art and why is that important for someone to know as they're making their art? And so the first song is called Swallowing Fire. It had it features Dane Ferguson. Um, I also have some other cool features on the, the EP. I have Dave Stewie and Maya by name, who is a, a really fast up and comer here in the Buffalo area. And one word throughout the entire EP is just painting these beautiful um, hip hop uh, canvases for me. I mean, they're, they're not even traditionally sound in hip hop. That means really, I would say, have flourishes of electronic soulful explanation, uh, explorations of, uh, you know, just different styles and, and genres of music that are kind of commingling and uh, and intertextuality there. So um, when I heard the beats, I was blown away already. So I knew I needed to write something that was impactful and powerful. And I think we have something here for people. So when were, are we going to be able to hear this? I know you're going to let me drop this song on a future episode sometime in the future on the Brian Reznor experiment. The question is when? Yeah. Um, I, I, at this time we're shopping it to labels. That's a long process. Um, I sent, I've sent out so many emails and responded to so many people and took so many phone calls. Um, I really wanted to give it to you this time, at least our first single. And, um, we're just in that negotiation stage, you know, so hopefully we'll get to see it before the end of the year. That's, um, I, I'm shooting a video this Tuesday for swallowing fire. So, um, I can guess I can drop some, some uh, teasers for that. We have fire breathers and fire dancers in the video. Um, so this could, it's going to be pretty crazy and pretty wild. We're filming it at an old abandoned bread factory in Buffalo, New York. We have a bunch of drone uh, operators there to capture the, you know, everything from, from sky and the small drones that fly in and out of the, the windows and get like the, it's going to be crazy. So I'm really excited about it. I cannot wait to see that video. And we here at the Brian Reznor experiment are going to wait patient, patiently to get that single here played on the show. So tell me what is in the future for you. Uh, you are always moving five years ahead. You've, you've always got your steps planned out. Tell me what is in the future for Chucky Campbell. Uh, well, we've been developing the, the black den, which is, um, the Black Den emerged out of the, the faction, the idea of the faction. So now the band that I that I travel with is the Black Den, but we've been working on um, helping them build their brand on their own. So um, what hopefully is going to develop out of the Black Den is kind of like the roots of Buffalo, you know, kind of uh, a collection of MCs and, uh, and musicians that uh, create this really, really, um, I would say, textured music. Uh, that's, I guess, jazz oriented. I don't want to speak too much of it because I don't want to frame it into one place, but we don't want it to be, we don't want it to be something that's where it's just one artist in the black den is, is backing it up. So we're going to build the black den up and around its own brand. Then we have the black den and Chucky Campbell, all these 
years that we've been touring, we're going to do like a, a whole, a big live album. So we're wow. planning on, yeah, you know, just doing it, bringing like probably 30, 35 people on an exclusive ticket into the studio. Well, there are and some then, amazing live shots of you and, and the band on, uh, on YouTube. If you wanted to see some tracks done live, you, there are some great videos on YouTube. What, what is your YouTube channel? Uh, it's just Chucky Campbell, but, um, I think that, I mean, if you, if you put in Chucky Campbell band together, Buffalo, um, there's tons of, uh, new footage of me and the band doing stuff, you know, and the good thing about the band is that because of the nature of the stuff that I'm used to working with in terms of production, what they add to the, to the background of it, it's, it almost creates something that you've never heard before because it, these two things don't sound necessarily like they have to go together, but they're married in some unique way. So I think that that's what's special about the whole project. So since we're talking about the band, we might as well play this track that I have in mind, Power by Chucky Campbell and the Black Den. Tell me about this song before we play it here. Uh, Power is a song that came together um, on my album, Taken Back Tomorrow. Um, We got into the studio. We had this whole live studio session that was uh, being filmed actually as a documentary. And uh, I was with my man, Mad Dukes, and we were just vibing out to this track um, that Willie Breeding, my producer, had brought in for us. And that's kind of how we work. Willie will create like a skeleton track that's under everything. And then we'll bring in these live musicians and they'll listen to the track and they'll work with it and play certain parts over it. And it was first that the the horn players kind of were like, hey, do you hear this? Let's play this line. And so we recorded that line. And then while they were doing that line, I looked over in the corner and Mad Dukes was like whispering something to itself. <laughs> I was like, what are you, what are you doing over there? You know, like he looked like a, he, you know, mad Dukes looked like a madman. And so, uh, I went over to the corner and I started listening to what he was doing. I was like, that, that is really dope. You know, we got to record that. So we sent him into the mic booth and he just kind of recorded at first. What was just, I guess it was the, um, the chorus, what it was going to sound like. He was like, "Mm, mm, 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 mm," you know, like singing like that, but not the actual words. And then uh, we went back to recording the horns and uh, we had this whole kind of song starting to form. Willie went back around and built a uh, intro into the song so that when it came in, it hit really hard. Um, And I started recording like basically just kind of, it it reminded me of like an old Dr. Dre track where like Dre would come in and, and like announce himself. So like I, I kind of did the same thing and then, you know, the horns are behind it. So it sounds really powerful. And then that's when Duke started talking about power over there in the corner. So we started putting words to the chorus. Dukes went in and laid the chorus down. Um, And by the end of the day, we had uh, some of my verse and we had, Dukes's verse and the chorus. Um, now later in that day, cause the, the, we did like 11 hour studio session later on in that day, uh, a, a singer by the name of Aisha green came in and she was, she was singing for another song and had already finished up the chorus. And Willie just went back to power and played it. It just like to mess with some of the stuff, you know? And then we, then Aisha started singing with Dukes behind him so like kind of you know harmonizing with him so we sent aisha in there and uh like she's like in the background hitting all the high notes so 
So that, that wasn't even planned. It just fell together. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So uh, it was it, the what was crazy about it is we had these two great verses from me and Dukes. Um, and then I had I had met Raz Kaz at South by Southwest earlier that year. And at um, and we had talked about doing the song together, but it never came together. And then I went down for A3C and I saw him again and we got trapped in his car in the rain after a Feral Mont show. So like it was like me and Raz Kaz and his manager, I think, and and his girl like in the car. And so I ended up being trapped in this car with Raz Kaz for like three hours. It was raining like hell in Atlanta, you know, and um, he was like, you know, I really mean it. I really I really mess with your music. You know what I'm saying? So make sure you send me a track. And so I just I just shot him the track and I, I like the next day the verse came back to me. You know, like right. he he works so fast, you know, I like so he sent me the verse immediately and that's how power came together. It was like this huge organic, unexpected experience. Um, just kind of people doing what they do best in the studio in a creative environment. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today, Chucky Campbell. Thank you for telling your story and thank you for providing this awesome music. Hopefully you will return with the new stuff very soon. Thank you so much, man. I can't, uh, I really can't tell you how much I appreciate you through the years. You know, you've really helped us, you know, whether it was putting together shows while we were on the road or inviting me back here on the podcast, man, you'll be the first person that gets the, the new single when it comes out. Well, I really appreciate that, man. Now let's listen to power. This is Chucky Campbell and the black den with power on the Brian Reznor experiment. Guess who's back. Been smiling all year, still I got you nervous Been holding the lane while watching them curb it Still building a name from the depths of the surface Bro, you want the baddest? You got the legend Say a prayer to opposers of the thing we reppin' My exploits is on epics so or ex-noise I hold court, no damn gavel, and then deploy Boy, Lord willing, return with the winners More living, more sinning, no matter religion Only remedies the stories you tell them My mission's more than vivid, it's wicked, twisted Hitter, you get this on Yeah, got the whole so come turn it up louder Feel, feel the surge when they talk to y'all Now you bring them with the power Yeah, 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 now you bring them with the power Reintroducing the best ever Did it, finesse clever Lyrics, West weather Get it, sunny, it never rained So cow, my profile Resemble great white attacks when rose smile Mississippi to Moscow, Mr. Tipsy, you busy, like sippy cups, breastfeeding whiskey, I'm like 50 bucks, plus 50 bills, that's keeping it 100 mean and I'm pretty ill, mogul status sitting on 20 mil, traps is jokes, all I hear is that theme music from Benny Hill, no f- boys, Johnny Gill, yeah, got the whole world tuning in, so go and turn it up louder, yeah, feel the surge when they talk to y'all, now you bring them with the power, yeah, now you bring them with the power, yeah, On the other side of pain is power. 
Without struggle there is no progress But the choice is yours I once knew a man in love with his pain He was no more than a slave in love with his chains His life felt like a loop he couldn't escape So he buried his power, disguised in his hate And everyone he loved, he pushed him away Cause it was easier to leave than ask him to stay Easier to blame, criticize and defame Easier to complain than actually change Easier to dream than work through the pain And easier to hate than create a better I'm pursued by a power you manage to take for granted A prototypical pattern, three package, I felt it happen In a vision, color palette of madness And now you found it, words and pictures, panoramic and candid I got you open like this Rappers always making me laugh Like skinny jeans and weak raps didn't exist in the past When you rap, if I were you, I feel like less of a man Like holding Caitlyn Jenner's testicles in Donald Trump's hands Stand for something greater, shining light in the dark Stars align and I predict the prophet's path to my palm All along I push through envy, hate and doubt for the arm So when you were writing raps, I was writing Songs, come on. Yeah, got the whole world tuning in. So go and turn it up louder. Yeah, feel the surge when they talk to y'all. Now you're brimming with the power. Yeah, 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 got the whole world tuning in. So go and turn it up louder. Yeah, feel the surge when they talk to y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Brian Reznor Experiment, and it is time to have a discussion panel. Last week, we talked about weight loss. A lot of people were like, where is my political debate? And this time, I've brought it back in full force. We are talking about the future of America today, and we are talking about it from the perspective of four completely different ideologies. Now, some things cross paths and some things go in different directions, so you will see some of them that will agree with each other, but there will be times that we do not agree whatsoever. I myself consider myself a classical liberal type. I've found myself being more independent these days, not being able to agree with either side. Today, I have got a Democrat here who is also a classical liberal. I have a conservative here. I have a libertarian and I have a progressive. Now, these four ideologies are very different and these four ideologies are going to have different opinions on each topic that we bring up today. First, I would like to introduce Remington Steele. Remington Steele is from the state of Washington, and he is quite the progressive. The first question I would have for you, Remington, has nothing to do with this political discussion, though. It has to do with the fact that your name is Remington Steele. Is that really your name? Yes. Birth name, everything. I have the social security card to prove it. <laughs> have the birth certificate to prove it. Have a birth certificate. I think my existence is proof of it. What's your middle name? Adam. No. Remington yep. Adam Steele. <laughs> it should be the Remington. I am also the uh, Twitch streamer, Chaotic Persona, wrestling variety streamer, and known res for a while. So that's why I'm here. Just here to take part. Yes, sir. And we've also got Chris Cook and Stephen Barker, who have both returned. And a new face to our panel. He is our conservative today, Mr. Philip Taylor, who's a comedian, a DJ, and all sorts of other things. How are you today, sir? Welcome to our panel. I'm good. I'm excited to be here and uh, join you guys uh, in a serious discussion, right? 
Well, this is a very serious discussion, and since you are new to the block, and uh, well, Remington is too, but I, I just want to go with your opinion on this question first, and that right. is what is the state of America? Where are we at right now? I think we're at a crossroads in America right now. I think we have two paths that are so different right now, and the country's so divided that we're going to go one way or the other. I think in short term, I think we're okay. Long term, I think that these two sides could split to the point where I don't want to say a civil war, but when one side feels like they can't win and the system's against them to a certain point, they'll want to separate from that system. I think we're in a scary moment, to be honest with you. So when you say scary moment, you're saying that, well, let me ask you this, what is your hope? I mean, do you have any type of optimism for the future of America right now, or is it all pessimistic? Uh, well, I mean, being a conservative, if I want to go short term, I think the next two elections, I think my side of the populist conservative side will be, do very well. I think we'll win in 22. I think we'll win in 24 long term. I think that the education system is shifted left. I think the media is extremely left. I think social media, extremely left. So I think within 30 or 40 years, there's only going to be one party controlling. And I think it's going to be your side, to be honest with you. And I feel like the conservative side, the Southern states and some of the red states will want to separate eventually. And that is is something that you think is going to, to cause a civil war. Not a civil war. I think it'll happen democratically through voting to separate. I don't think we're well, going to go to war with each other. Well, you know, we'll get more into that because we're actually going to talk about civil unrest first in this de- in this debate conversation. But now I'd like to turn that exact same question over to Remington Steele and say, where do you see on the complete other end of the spectrum from Phil Taylor? What do you see the state of America currently right now? Uh, The state of America is kind of going down, and it's not because of this. Well, it's partially to blame for this uh, false dichotomy of a duopoly in our ruling structure. It's also the influx of corporate and black dark money funneling in after the Citizens United Supreme Court uh, decision. So we do not technically have fair representation within our political system by this legalized bribing because our voices are turned quieter to the sound of not even speech, but just money changing hands. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Fundamental, almost like a good old boy system that is keeping actual progress in fixing what is actually wrong with America at time. We have a crumbling infrastructure. The education system is wholly outdated with in many different areas. There's, there's a multitude of things that could be done that would actually get the system to where it is, but we can't get to it with the noise from corporate media and the outright trollish nature of current discourse within the political spectrum okay now wait now so you also have a problem with the media your issue is with the media as well and what's funny is the phil's problem with the media is because it's being taken over by people like you and your problem taken over by people like me though because when you actually want to go look for proper journalism you have to go away from the cable 
corporate news structure for true journalism because what they do is not journalism. And Phil, I, I know you think that it is being taken over by the left, but it's not. It's all being taken over by corporate interest act. The number one rated news channel in the in America is Fox News. And that's that's showing something that is very, very wrong with the dichotomy that you bring up that is being taken over by the left. So that it's really funny because Phil agrees with you. These people are not journalists, but he believes it's because they're you. Phil, am I wrong here? No, I mean, you're right, but I don't think it's being taken over by the left. I think it's always been the left. I mean, it's just now. All of it Trump, has always, all of it, every no, bit oh, of it. Yes, always. Even they Fox. Always, yeah, well, let me finish. Uh, journal, any poll that's been done for journalists, it's usually 90, 95% contribute to the Democratic Party. They're all, almost all of them. I mean, they all go to the same parties. They talk, they, they all live in the same echo chamber, and they're all left wing, almost all of them. And it's always been that way. They just hit it better. And now, after Trump, they don't hide it anymore. And, and they're just blatant with it. And they're like, this is what we're doing. And they and they don't even try to pretend like, you know, they're trying to be neutral. They're not. They, they feel like they're being attacked by the right. So they feel justified in attacking the right. And all of their stories, I mean, just, just hit Google. Just type in Biden's name and then Google Trump's name and see. The, it's just absurd, the difference in the way they covered these two people. Okay, so now we will talk about we will talk all of that about that in the discussion panel. But now we're going to go to Stephen Barker with an opening statement of what you think the state of affairs from the mind of a libertarian. Where are we as a country? Okay, I do want to address what what Remington said about Fox News being number one. That is because they're the only mainstream Republican conservative news. You have CNN and MSNBC and Headline News, if that even exists, and all ABC, CBS, ABC. They you've got liberals can go anywhere for news, and Republicans only have one. So that's I, what that is. Okay, you know I. I I really want you to answer the the opening statement okay, but i have I'm, to I'm respond to i have to respond to what you just said and i have to ask a question it if that it, is that because by any chance that the news became anti-republican because the republican narrative was not true in a lot of cases and it was they were reporting the news and it happened to be anti-republican well that's a big fucking question there b <laughs> Well, ahead, Phil, I, Phil, obviously I mean, I you want to answer, answer that. It. Go I ahead, mean, answer uh, that question. No. I mean, just look at the Russian story. We had uh, three years of windows that Trump was a Russian spy, literally working with the Russian government. So they ran that story on every newspaper 24-7 for almost three years, and it was complete and utter bullshit. Everybody knew it was bullshit. And then when it comes out, it's bullshit. They just, they just okay. quit talking about it. They okay, don't even so admit it. We're already getting into the debate. We haven't even got to the opening statement. So, Stephen Barker, your opening okay. statement from the eyes of a libertarian, where are we at as a country? Okay. So and make uh, it quick because we got to get into this, has, this debate. I do obviously. have a little context here. Half this country thinks Biden is coherent and is cognitive of his surroundings, and the other half thinks Trump walks on water. A good portion of this country thinks Biden stole the election, and a good portion of this country thinks Trump was a Russian agent. We have a congresswoman going to the Met Gala in an event that costs 
$30,000 to attend in a dress that said tax the rich and the dress was made by a tax cheat that we later found out owes hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes. We live in a country where BLM protests a restaurant that refused service to three black women who were unvaxxed, who then kicked the shit out of the hostess and another employee. BLM then protested because they said the ones who were assaulted were racist. Those who were assaulted were Asian and Hispanic, respectively. It is the rare triumvirate where all parties are wrong. We live in a country where a black gubernatorial candidate had an egg thrown at him by a white woman in a monkey mask. And that same candidate was called the black face of white supremacy and In closing, we still live in a country where I can get arrested in most states for having a plant in my pocket. So, Brian Reznor, I know you are a happily married man, and I have no idea how you got her, but I can assume that you have had bad relationships in the past. And when one side is making the other miserable and your relationship has become untenable and incoherent, what did you do, Brian? I left. You broke up. So what Phil was talking about is what I am waiting for, because as someone who's not on either side of this ideology, I am not here to tell Remy to not feel the way that he feels and live the way that he lives. And I'm not here to tell Phil, Chris, and B that to not feel the way that you feel. So let's just, let's just break up. It's not you. It's me. You know what I mean? And, and I can't stress this enough. It has to be peaceful. Are you? Because all of you progs. Wait. wait. See, oh, oh, it has to be. It has to be peaceful. It has to be peaceful, but then you call us progs. Because the liberals are going to lose, and I do not want Republicans to have big of a win. You go far enough left, you you keep your guns. Just going to, like, that's actually a thing. You go far enough left, you still have your guns. So if you think that all left wing people are just these soy boys, you might want to double check that. Well, you do I'm not know even that one, upper, I'm not one of those sides. I'm just letting you know. You do that, know there's okay. studies that upper body strength and testosterone levels can show you, can tell you uh, someone's political ideology. And would you like to know what a high testosterone? I, I would love to test that theory on me. I would exactly. fucking love to. Now, well, I mean, I wait for me. I'm not a small dude, man. <laughs> yeah, so, small dude. Look at his fucking beard. Guys. So, so speaking, of, speaking of the bearded wonder over here, let's talk to Chris Cook. Now, Chris Cook, I want to know what you think as far as the state of this country right now. You obviously voted for Joe Biden. Joe Biden is elected as president. We are moving forward with the Biden administration. What do you think the state of America is? Well, like you said in the opening, I think that we're we're actually all a lot closer than than we might realize, um, because Phil said some things that were pretty spot on, and and Stephen does it too, but then he says some other shit that makes no sense. But like what? Oh, uh, I got there. I got a whole list. I'm just waiting for it because you already said Prague once, so that should. You're not progressive again. though. You're not progressive, Chris. You're classical liberal. I, and I actually find it fine. That that is an acceptable thing. The sheep part, and I'm going to get back to that. We'll, we'll circle around to that. I'm sure. Okay, but, back uh, to the state know, of, of of the country. This the state of the country. Okay, so I agree that we're definitely 
at an, I would say impasse, but not really. Cause this has been building for years and generations. Like there's, there's always a division. It seems like it's the, the, the most divided that it's been and make no mistake. I voted against somebody rather than voting for somebody. I would, I would agree with that. I can relate with that 110%. So see, I just don't think that's good enough. We should just have like good choices. We'll get into that, Uh, but we're on Chris Cook's state of state of America. We already talked about that as far as um, rank choice voting and some other things, some other options and ways to get to a better place. Okay. State of the country. Um, We're, we're in a tough spot. It, appears to only be getting tougher. I don't see how secession or division or breaking up or whatever, how that's going to end up solving anything. It's going to make things probably more difficult since there's such a, a diverse group of people in every single state and every single city. You know, obviously there's, there's more of a particular demographic in, in certain parts of the country, but as a whole, like, what are you going to do? Make everybody move to the North or to California or out West or something. If you happen to have one ideology and you get, yes. To oh yeah. Yeah. Because we're, cause we're totally fucked. We're in Florida. That's going to be straight up red all that's the way. Exactly we're going to get kicked out of I our mean, own state. Well, yeah, no, because, because totally you are, red, though. That's you're flourishing. Thing. You both are flourishing down there. So you're not going anywhere. Right. Go ahead. What's kind of ironic is it seems like the liberals are the ones leaving California, New York, because they're getting taxed to death and regulated to death. And then they actually, go it seems vote. like everybody that leaves California is leaving because of the water situation. It seems like to be the number one thing oh, yeah. on every. Yeah, well, that, yeah, but, that but in the not just that river it, has no, it has nothing to do <laughs> that they get taxed to like 13 no, percent. I'm sure I'm just I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. But I'm just saying the number one thing that I'm hearing from California because California people are coming to florida in droves we meet them every single day you're getting a bunch of new york too right well we are getting a ton of new york we're getting a ton of everywhere everybody is coming to florida because f is for freedom freedom son yeah we got f is for freedom baby but you got uh, all the you got all the tent cities and all the stuff going on in these liberal cities and they leave and then they bring their politics with them and vote for the exact same thing but the, mm. I have a student. I have a student in Texas, and he listens. Uh, shout out, Sean! And he has a shirt, and he's a Texan by God. And he has a shirt that says, "Welcome to Texas. Don't fuck it up." Two oh, Phil's part. Those two, two Phil's point. Those 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 stickers are all over Florida. Like, hey, don't New York my Florida, or no, don't. <laughs> yeah, they're they're yeah. all over the place. But the main thing I hear from Californians is that their the water situation is terrible and everything's on fire. So they left, and I can understand that. <laughs> I, no matter what your political ideology is, if I don't, if I can't have water to drink, I can't take a shower for f- more than five minutes, and the whole fucking place is on fire, I want to leave. Mm-hmm. Well, Brad, you know, let's talk. Touch on the touch on the ten cities that he mentions. They're everywhere, and it's not just not in West Virginia. Immigrants, no. No. not in West Virginia as much because the homeless. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Is not- they're not in West Virginia. No, they're just oh, in the wait. woods, and nobody sees them. Oh, in yeah. California, they're under the bridge, and everybody has to drive by because them. Urban, you going to tell me there's not homeless people living in the woods in West Virginia? Yes, they're there totally probably is. are. They're one of probably cities. a lot happier that, there. That is pro- probably, probably not right as much as you would think, because I've actually hung around the homeless communities the rainbow communities and such those tent cities are not just a problem immigrants they're a problem with homelessness and that's one thing that's on the rise so 
that's everywhere. It's not just California. What? We're going to get there. places where it's more prevalent than it's, others. Well, I'll tell you where it's, you would you where it's it not. More prevalent. Well, we are going to uh, talk about that when we talk about the economy later and where we're going with the future of the economy. But right now, I really want to ch- chime in to civil unrest. And I will tell you, I, I, one of my favorite movies, V for Vendetta, it kind of is mirroring the life that we're living right now. And when you talk about the civil war that was going on in that movie and it was it was very modern civil war and when you see that you think that's just a movie but now people are actually envisioning that this could be a future for us right now that the people now, and that's crazy to think and it's one of the reasons why I do discussion panels like this and bring people together and have a conversation and know that like someone i mean me and Phil are completely different ideologies completely i love him like he is my brother i would do anything for philip taylor and he is completely on the other side of the fence for me i mean politically fuck that guy but man i love him (laughs) i love him in every other way and i can't imagine being like i'm gonna go to civil war against phil taylor who's like my brother you know what i mean well, see i don't think it's a civil war though it's but just, that's it's what it's like feeling like migra- internal migration is a big thing right now and if you will notice california for the first time in however many decades is losing population the water definitely has something to do with it the thing is about california is it shouldn't really be a state it doesn't it's not set up for it and it's not set up for the population that's there and i then think that this has a big th- i think this has a lot to do and we're sure we're going to get into it about the pandemic i think people are now realizing that we're not set up to live on boxes on top of boxes and houses on top of houses because i truly believe that the only vaccine that actually works as a vaccinated person and you know we'll get into it and i have a big old bombshell on that later is the only vaccine that works is going to just be living out in the country. And I'm, and I'm practicing what I preach. I do not like how civilization is working. So today I just signed a contract on 14 acres of land in the woods. And that's where me and my family will be living. We have a stream that's ours. We will have a gigantic garden. We're going to have chickens. The old lady wants some llamas. I don't really know what you do with llamas. This, this really sounds but, like I mean, little house is, on the prairie. And I, I'm, I'm it's, saying it's not for everybody. It's not for me. Now, Phil Taylor, go ahead and respond to that, please. Okay. Well, I'm not going to respond to the to the living out in the woods thing. That's that's not I mean, for you either. Nah, personal choice, I guess. Exactly. There it is, yeah. Libertarian uh, Phil. All right, well, I'm I'm totally for. This might be the only time you ever hear me say I'm pro-choice, but I'm pro-choice when it comes to the vaccine. For the vaccine, I think it works, but I'm also pro-choice, and I don't think anybody should be forced or shamed into doing it. So you are vaccinated. Yes, I am. Yeah. But I I can understand why someone who would be, say, 20 years old, healthy, and they say, well, this vaccine, we have no long term because we haven't had it for a long term. And the chances of me dying or getting hospitalized from from COVID is basically nil. So I don't want to take it. I can understand that point of view. I mean, I, I think that's a personal choice. It's crazy that this conversation, you know, you try to keep it in line and we're going to talk about civil unrest and then I've got pandemic later down the list and then I've got the economy and we went into all those things already. So you they can see that, they, they do they do is all overlap. They really do overlap uh, a whole lot. Now there is a, it, it's funny. We're having this conversation We're we're kind of missing one, one group and that is the hardcore Trumper group. And you feel are Donald Trump supporter. 
Yes. But you don't seem like a Donald Trump supporter. You don't have the same kind of kind of yeah, vibe that a lot of because the, maybe that's because maybe you have a skewed a view of it because of mainstream media yeah i think there's a stereotype there where we right. all have to be like you know wearing the red hat and screaming at, at black people in order to be a trump supporter and that's just not the no, case you know? I, I think that's it's more along skewed. the lines that's a thing that's a, that, that's a that, real thing that is a thing it's a subset it's a vocal subset and this is why uh, i bring up the noise within everything most things are a noise within all this in giant discourse. You have far left, which I'm not even close to, by the way. Well, um, you're pretty far left. I, I, I am. I, I'm more left than what most people are because I, most people don't understand the political spectrum as it is because America has a skewed political system uh, and political spectrum ge- in general. People are calling Biden a leftist when he's a central right figure and you can i have never called him that i think you're absolutely right he is a corporate uh, there's a saying remy and i bet you'll appreciate this that all a republican is is a democrat going the speed limit no okay we've got to talk to a republican uh, about this phil okay well when it comes to biden biden is a centrist at heart, but he's being ran by the hard left, and he's not he's making. He's not even any being ran decisions. by the heart. Oh, he is absolutely. And this three point five trillion dollar atrocity that he's trying to push through. If you just read what's in it, it's about as left as you can get. And it's it's it's. There's no way anybody can say that's a centrist view to push that three point five million dollar infrastructure package when most of the stuff in there has nothing to do with infrastructure okay. to begin with. So Remy, I'm going to get to you in here in just one second, but I, I've got to bring that up because since you brought it up, there is one thing in that that is standing out to me and maybe Chris Cook or maybe Remington Steel can pull me back over the fence. But when you're telling me the that the IRS gets right into your bank account at any time out of that bill, you you've got my you've I mean, you've got my attention there. What is that about? That's not even a left idea. That's actually more of a right idea. And you're trying to sit what? and you're, you can sit there. And, yes, it is because this is not going after any one of the um of the ones that should be going after. It's going after everyone in general, and you're actually gearing it more towards the poor by making it at 600 do you really think that a 600 hundred dollar transaction is supposed to be like no i don't that like no it shouldn't it should be higher up the scale now as a libertarian i don't think anything should be done by like the government shouldn't know anything about what you spend on anything. let me ask you chris cook uh we're we're, we're talking about this and and, and this is this is a, a democrat made bill that has this in it the where the irs can just access your bank account what is your your take on that well i gotta say that i wasn't up on that that bit of information i didn't even know that and that's a horrible horrible situation it was because i think it was just recently added in this most recent it's it's out of the new bill yeah it's out of the new one i think it was put in there by mr bernie sanders who you literally would have crucified yourself for just about a a few months ago remington so I, i i own a bernie shirt for the record yeah, you were a Bernie fan too. Bernie put this in the bill. Go ahead, Phil. So, okay, so so they're pushing this as as trying to make the uh, the the favorite saying to liberals make the, you guys want to make the people pay the top whatever percent needs to pay their fair share. The fair share thing is what you hear all the time. The fair share, but then they do six hundred dollars, 
And I'm sorry, but like a billionaire is not making $600 transactions. That's targeted to lower and middle class. And then on top of that, there's also a miles tax in there where they want to tax how many miles you drive on your car. So you're getting taxed for your gas and you're getting taxed for every mile and you're getting property tax and every other tax on top of that. And, and to try to say that's a conservative thing, this bill is so crazy that if wow. anybody sits down and actually reads it, there's no way that they would I want ju- this. I just found another parallel between Remington and Phil. Like that, that parallel still is right there. You guys both believe the exact same thing, but just a little bit different. That's uh, that's an interesting point. So with the, go ahead, Remy, if you want to respond to that. Well, I wanted to go back to this point that he says it's all driven. Phil said it's all driven by the left and they're going to get all this, but it's not. So you have a certain person in there that no one had on their political bingo card that was going to fuck everything up for everyone. Joe Manchin. You're welcome. Yeah. West Virginia. See you. Holla. No, because he's not actually listening to even the West Virginia voice. Yes, because he is. Mo- no, he's not. Not by yes, the polling. He is. No, he's not. He's, he's going to not. win in a West landslide Vir- again. West- Don't tell me about he, where I live. He's go. I've lived there, too. Where do you think I'm from? I I've met here. the man. <laughs> I've met the man. I have relatives still in there. I hear all this. Does that stuff. give you a better understanding because you met him once? No. Oh. I mean, but I get a better. I I, I'll, a, I will say this. I'm a, I'm I'm kind of in between you guys here, but I will say I've met the man too, and I totally believe that he is doing what the West Virginians want because those West Virginians are Republicans. They vote for Joe because they know Joe, and Joe is he's familial. Yeah. He's in because of who his uncle was, actually Manchin. West Virginia you don't know anything about this. A. James Manchin, he is only yes, a Democrat in a Republican fucking state because he's he's grandfathered in. Okay, well, West Virginians right. love. Well, the point. Uh, uh, the point is a ma- like that. We're, we're missing the point. The point is. Okay, the point is, Remington. That the point is that we're going with a conservative Democrat, which is a thing they call blue dogs, and they're all over the Senate more than you know. And and Senate and House, but it's ran by that because we have a system that's kind of a little bit antiquated. We need they won't the filibuster needs to be reformed, but not removed. We need to go back to a talking filibuster instead of something like where Joe Manchin is right now, being the crux of being able to say if a bill passes or fails in the Senate. Well, this goes back to who, excuse me, Democrats ran. Now, when a president wins an election, most of the time, I think for like since like 1920 or some shit, they get a majority of the House and the Congress. If you would have, if Democrats, not you, I'm just Democrats, would have ran someone that Democrats were actually excited about, you may have gotten your majority that but you need to do there, what you want to do. There was a, because there you was had a, at horrible candidate. There was a no, big issue. He, there. He's right. He's right. He's right, Brian. I know he's right, but there's a there's a DNC pushed the whole entire. There's a big issue. Civil and everything. There's a big issue, guys. There's a big issue that you guys are not talking about, and that's marketing. Marketing is a big thing, and Joe Biden was needed for this marketing effort. I mean, believe me, I was an Andrew Yang guy. 
like through and through. I know Andrew Rem- Yang would have electrified the Democratic Party. Yes, he would have, and he would have changed everything. It would have been amazing. I, I, I was so excited about Andrew Yang. Remington was excited about Bernie Sanders. That, but and he's a sellout shill. But, well, here's the thing: Bernie Sanders couldn't win. I don't. Yes, he could. I don't think he could. He could have. I could have. Could Donald have. Trump said it in the Hillary Clinton uh, Don, debate. What Donald yeah, Trump said to Donald fucking Trump drink bleach, said, man. He would have beat my ass in this. Even in the debates, he would have had him like complete, it, like Trump on the ropes compared to what he would have to do in the Democratic. And also, look at how they pushed for I, a more corporate candidate within the DNC themselves. They listen did to what we're talking about. To- hold on. Hold on. Listen to what we're talking about. What we're talking about is how they could have won with Bernie, how they could have maybe won with Yang. But the truth of the matter is, is they did win with Joe Biden. They ran Joe but Biden. They didn't really they win because they didn't get the pro- they didn't get the Congress. They didn't get the majority that you usually get when you win the presidential election. Either way, he won- before you, he said that the way it usually goes, but when we had Obama come in, that was uh, representation in the House and Senate were all mostly Republican during that. So that's not the case. It all depends on the districting and everything else that goes along with that. All right. So, Phil, your your response to that? Well, there's there's two different things. The, the, usually it's the midterm election where the, you lose what you normally have is in the majority in the Senate and the Congress. So usually the first term, yeah, you usually have enough to pass whatever you want. Obama did health care and he, he pushed it through pretty quickly and but fast. That but was still but, with a conservative. But led. Biden, well, they would have never. Yeah, but Biden, well, the problem with Biden is he's a not a horrible candidate. He's a horrible president. So what's going to happen is you're going to lose in 22 because of it. And he's not going to be around. I mean, I don't even think he's going to be alive for 24, but say he is, he's probably not going to be able to run. And Harris is not up for the job. I mean, that's, I mean, Trump's, she Trump, is, she listen, is listen, infinitely listen. unlikable. No. Yeah. And Trump's going to be your next president. Okay. I mean, so let's, let's talk about the, that. Let's, I, I, I mean, I would put money on it. He's going to be the next president. But then I told you, long term, I think the liberals have, I mean, they have everything lined up for them. I mean, they have the colleges, the education system, all the way from grade school through college. They, they own the media, all the institutions. Social media. And all these kids are going to be start voting and all these older people are going to start dying. And it's going to go to you guys. But so short term, it, it was a disaster. Biden's a disaster. So one of mine and Brian's favorite TV shows is Archer, and they have a little saying on Archer. Do you want ants? Because this is how you get ants. Democrats, do you want Trump? Because this is how you're going to get Trump. Okay. I am convinced that if the election was today, Trump would win in a landslide. Okay, well, Actually, I, I disagree I, with you. I don't think yeah, that Trump would agree. win in a landslide at all. But I do wonder, since we're talking about the future, we should talk about 2024 and we should talk about who's going to run. Because in my opinion, Trump, I mean, you're, you're, you guys have this, you guys have this thing about calling Biden this, you know, he's inept. He's not, he's not functioning correctly. He's barely walking around it's because we have eyes. No, that's not. It's because oh, it's, it's a narrative that's pushed down. It's your not throat. a narrative. Here's I saw the thing. him fall asleep oh, while talking okay. to the Israeli PM. So he fell asleep. This is during a meeting. Okay, so th- the point is, Donald Trump's going to be seventy-eight years old in twenty twenty-four. 
I do not believe he is going to run. If he does run, I believe he will be with this man. But I think that your future of the Republican Party is setting right here in Florida. And his name is Ron DeSantis. I believe that. uh, Let us have him. No, no, no. Oh, so, Phil, what, what do you think the future um, of the Trump. Republican Party is? Because you need oh. somebody. I mean, if you think that Trump's going to be the guy in 2024, okay, he can be your, your leader. But if Trump is not able to come to the table uh, in 2024, who is the leader of the Republican Party? Okay, first, I mean, I think 100% if, if Trump can still walk, he's running. I mean, he's he is. You can listen to him in his speeches. You can listen to what he's saying. He's raring to go. Look at the latest polls. Even the liberal polls are showing him up on Biden by at least two or three points. Now, a liberal a Democrat will have to win by three to four percentage points just to win the Electoral College. So if Trump is even even with Biden, he would win the Electoral College it would be the one of the biggest landslides in the last 20 years in electoral college. So if they ran right now, yes, Trump would win. And I think Trump knows that over the next three years, it's going to be a disaster. And people will start looking at what Trump did and his policies and not so much his tweets and be like, you know what? It's not good right now. Let's get back to what that was doing. We might not like the man, but we like the policies and we want to get back to that. So I think he's definitely going to run. And DeSantis is uh, fool's gold. He's fool's gold. He talks a good game when it comes to the pandemic, but his record on energy and economics will not win the Rust Belt. I mean, he won't win Michigan. He won't win Pennsylvania. He won't win any of those states. And you got to pick them off to win. So I think he would be a disaster. Really? So who do you think the guy is? I think I would like to see Tim Scott. Tim Scott. That would be a stroke of genius. And I also Tim think Scott that would be a be, genius move. And I also think if Trump runs, that should be his VP. Absolutely. So, Remington Steele, you had something to say there, and I, I was going to ask you anyway, what, you know, is you don't support Joe Biden, you don't support Donald Trump. What do you think the future for American politics is? How do we get where you want to be? Well, we got to stop with this whole like I do believe Stephen once said it that there's no good choices, but we do have good choices that are on the ballot. Their exposure is just not brought out because of the control over the debate system by the two major parties. Well, that's a that's a good point. And by the corporate media. Sorry to interrupt. I want to get that part out there, too, because this entire power vacuum for these two parties is facilitated by their donors, the corporations that back these media conglomerates and by the two parties themselves. Well, here's a question. If you're going to bring up the three party deal. So it's it's not just a three party. Well, I'm just saying third, third party, third party is the term for a, for a party outside of the Republican Democrat versus situation. So the reason why third parties don't work is because people do not vote for third parties in large numbers. So there, and it also puts you in a situation where, you know, 60% of the country could vote against someone and them still win. That's another issue. But you're, you're also sitting there and, and completely disregarding what I just brought up about the exposure. Most people don't know about these people because you have still, to go out, for other, out, ex- out of your way. So wouldn't it be a fair, free election if we include all candidates, because all candidates here's the thing, are though. here's potential. The, th- the exposure 
the exposure does not change the fact that 60% of the country could vote against someone and then still win the election. And that we is have, not democracy. And we so we have classic yes, debate it is. moments. No, it's not we have classic debate moments. Democracy where, who wins the fucking election. But it's, but yes, but yes, it is, but we don't live in a democracy. We live in a rep- representative Republic and that's what a lot of but Americans here's, don't realize. Here's the thing though. If you I like this guy, it here's the thing though. If you vote, for if you got three parties, sixty percent of the people in the country can vote against somebody and then okay. win. How What's do you not see that? a? Pro- it would still be a free and fair election. That it is, would completely be that, free and fair. This is where because this is, you would have all these candidates out there that could no, appeal to everyone, and you this, have classic debate moments that have switched okay. in an instant the view of people towards a candidate. Here, so if they were allowed to actually be part of the full debate. Sure. Put them on there. Make them debate. That none of that that still doesn't solve what I'm talking about. And what does solve what I'm talking about is one other countries have multiple. Can I finish? Can I finish? So the one thing that does solve what I'm talking about is ranked choice voting. If we had ranked choice voting in this country, we could run as many candidates as we want. We could promote as many candidates as we want, and we could put as many ideologies out there as we want, and we would still. Well, we could still do that now. We could, and that's what I'm saying. That is the that is the solution. But instead of fighting for ranked choice voting, people like you you just did a whole promo about about third parties, and you didn't mention it one time when it is the whole center of your of, of your because whole thing. To get that to happen, we have to completely restructure the election process. In my opinion, and part of that would be to actually get. And uh, to actually either reform or abolish the electoral college. Okay, in my opinion, that is agreed. In my opinion, you uh, when you say that when you (laughs) rank choice voting should the real the real way to get rank choice voting over is to educate the public on what it is. And how it works. But to educate the public, you have well, to get that exposure. Well, it goes you. back to what I was just saying with the outside candidates. It goes back to that exposure of said uh, concept. Well, Ranked choice voting is not getting out there because the upper echelon of the political spectrum does not want it. Because well, they know that, that they will lose that power. Not just Republicans, not just Democrats. Everyone in that bubble would lose a big part of their power structure. Well, I tell you what, I don't know that I am not hip to this. I don't know that much okay. about. Well, let's talk about voting. it. So, someone, someone, explain it to me. Well, rank would choice you like to or would I? Okay, you got it. Rank choice voting is basically if you have five candidates. Instead of picking one of those five candidates, what you do is you rank those candidates from one to five. Your number one pick is your your number one choice. If your number one choice doesn't make it to the final two, then your vote goes to your second choice. If your second choice doesn't make it, then your vote goes to your third choice. And if your third choice doesn't make it, your vote goes to your fourth choice. And that is how a fair, well, When you say don't make election, it, what does that mean, don't make it? Like they don't they have don't. enough... Of enough votes to be the top two. It's kind of like a runoff process. If there's like a certain majority not reached, it goes on to the next one and they drop yeah. out the lowest votes. So until they get the proper ratio. Or you can also not fill out blanks. If you, you wanted your vote to go to this guy, and if it doesn't go to this guy, it goes to nobody. You can also just blank it out. 
But either way, you have the opportunity to sway the election in your direction by ranking system, and that's how you add people. If you're not going to do ranked choice voting, then it's Democrat versus Republican until the end of fucking time. But if you do so rank choice, other countries do this, or there yeah, countries there are yeah, states. There are a couple. There are states. Yeah, there are I'm states. In New York did it this year. There are states in the country that do this. Now, Phil, what is your? I see you shaking your head. You're not into ranked choice voting. Tell me why. Well, I mean, it's not that I'm I'm against it. I'm not really for it either, but I, I think we're missing the point of what the real problem is. And the real problem is with the media, social media exposure people have, who would want to run for president of the United States? Who would want their life completely teared apart and, and ridiculed and, and examined? Is there anybody on this panel right now that would be comfortable running for president and having your whole life Absolutely out there not. from the time you was a little baby? All your wrongdoings, any bad yeah. word you said, any bad sure. conversation? Do it. It should be about the policies, not what I did as a but person. The, but the problem is, that's not how not it goes, enough, Yeah, it doesn't, but it should be, and we could get towards that more by opening this up. What I'm saying, is I think a so part many- of the, I, Phil, I'm sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. I think a big part of this division that we have in in our nation right now is because of this us versus them mentality. We're all human beings. We're t- let's take a humanistic standpoint from this. We are all human beings. We are all one race. We are. Doesn't matter what you want to say about anything. We are all one race. We all ha- are in the same species. So one species. Yes, we are one species. Well, I think we so, can all agree to that. So. If we take this from a humanist standpoint, we have a basic, uh, Maybe a basic I don't upper crust. Oh, my God. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm so glad we got a Republican in here. <laughs> I I don't go with that because this is this more. I let people do what they want to do because that's what. I don't have no choice. You don't, you don't so, let them yeah. do shit. They do what they want to do. Yeah. Go Humanity's going to do. So it's all these libertarians in here right now, I'm doing the God's work. <laughs> well, I was kind of trying to make is that's why we don't have good choices because we put these people on a microscope where it, it's people that could do a good job, but they don't want to go through that. I don't think anybody, I, I mean, example, but Trump, when he public- got, when he got recorded on the bus. Hold on, Remington. Don't talk over Phil. Start back over. What? When you're on my the- bad. When Trump got recorded on the bus and he, you know, you know what he said. I, yeah, yeah, he said, grab him by the oh, pussy. I'll always yeah. take that opportunity. I got And I had all the liberals saying, you know, that should have disqualified him right there. Okay. Who on this panel in a private conversation if it was recorded sometime in their life, oh, I got an answer for this. Something I got an answer for been this. Like for saying that they should never be president. Of the so United States. first off, I am not running for president, and just said that I would not run for president. Exactly. But Third, I'm telling you. But, but second, I never once said that Trump should be disqualified from running for president. I never once said it should disqualifying from winning. I said it should disqualifying from having the evangelical Christian vote, and that is true. It is the craziest thing I've ever seen that in, yep. that evangelical Christians have taken to this man like the second coming of Christ when he will straight up grab him by it the ma- pussy. It, it makes it's sense a, to me. I mean, it, 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 well, it, it never it's never made sense to me as well, a libertarian expl- looking I'll, at that I'll, from the outside. I'll explain it. I'm not a overly religious person, but I did go to church my whole childhood, and I do believe 
in certain things, but it's, it wasn't about him being a sinner or not a sinner. Every, all, all of us are sinners, whether you believe in religious or not. I mean, by the standard of, of anything, we, we all sin every single day. So it isn't about that. It was about the things he was saying policy-wise and standing up for the rights that they got behind him. They knew he was an imperfect guy. I mean, he's, everybody knows that. Nobody thinks he's like... But they, but they believed in what that he was standing up for them, and that's why they latched on to him. And I think it's it's easy for me to see why. I mean, I, uh, let me. This goes to West Virginia and Appalachia and and the South. And you know, I sound like I should at least know a little bit about that, right? People always talked about that, and I can. And I said this when he first came out. West Virginians and Appalachians and Southerners in general don't like rich uppity assholes who went to like Yale and from New York city. That is like an anathema to our area, right? We should fucking hate him. But here's the thing. We are starving for any kind of positive attention towards us. And Donald Trump was one that fucking came here and put on that stupid fucking coal mining helmet or hat, hard hat. And he at least gave us lip service. That's why they, because man, Hillary Clinton, she came here and said, y'all gonna lose y'all's jobs. You know what I mean? Uh, We are looked down upon by the elite liberal press and everyone. So when Donald Trump came, we were just like, dude, if you're starving, a cracker tastes great. And that was why Donald Trump played in all of these places. Because, man, look, I can tell you this. If Donald Trump wasn't a presidential fucking candidate and he came to a fucking uh, hog, hog roast, they would say, who is this rich prick? They would not like him. But he gave them attention and said, I will speak for you. And, dude, if you're starving, a cracker tastes great. All right, Remington, well, you, also, you want to say you also something had, here. Yeah, you also had that in West Virginia with Bernie, too. Because yeah. here's the thing. Yeah, Steve. They're I'm both a, populists. I'm a, yeah, I'm originally from West Virginia. Brian knows this. I don't think you know this, Steve. I'm originally from West Virginia. I was living in West Virginia during the Hillary Trump thing. He did serve lip service. You guys ended up voting for a rich shill who was only out for himself and – I voted for Ric Flair for the record. I voted for uh, Ric Flair. Okay, I so. voted for Howie Hawkins for the record. Oh, wait, for the first one, Jill signed, and Howie Hawkins for the second, because fuck it, both it, sides. It goes, it goes way beyond lip service. I mean, he said things that I've been screaming for I don't know how long, and I've screamed this to Brian 10 years before Trump even was thinking about running for president. If you Manufacturing had left. Globalization had killed we can't turn into a service industry all we are are restaurants and hospitals and that's all we have in the whole middle blue collar of america from coal mines to the audio industry and all that stuff all that stuff was shipped out and somebody finally said you know what you guys are right america first before trump and that resonated with people who'd lost their jobs lost their livelihood and 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 it wasn't lip service. I mean, that's what we've been screaming forever. And finally, somebody articulated it and actually ran on it. But the state represented. But I, I have a I have a counter to that. The state representatives in West Virginia had opportunities to bring in said jobs and said manufacturing jobs, but they banned it. Tesla wanted to build a factory and multiple multiple dealerships within West Virginia. And the car dealership lobby basically paid off West Virginia's representation to ban 
anything Tesla related from dealerships to even production centers. Oh, well, West Virginia's politics is a a long history of fucking the little man. (laughs) And before West Virginia was red, West Virginia was very, very blue. This was West a Vir- union state. Oh. Like I grew West up with Virginia a union was representative a- for a dad, and we always had gut. We had well, we had Archmore, but we always had state legislation that was was blue. We had multiple governors that were blue. Right, I, honestly, and West Virginia is so ran so badly, and we shouldn't get so esoteric and just talk about one state. No, here. we really shouldn't. Oh, yeah. and, and honestly, I just with, wanted to use that as an example with of with some West of the with West Virginia, you've got to also look at the fact that. West Virginia, the the most of the political ideologies are based on who your boss told you you needed to vote for, and it's unions. been like that for years and years. Well, unions or or then the non union coal mines as well that pushed all of their workers to go red, and they essentially turned the whole state. And we've seen a lot of different states in the South go red that normally were blue. At you know, and it all started with George Bush. Honestly, that's that's when that all started. But I got a question. All right, Chris Cook, you haven't got to say a whole lot here. Uh, there's a, a four person panel and myself, and and I'm pretty pretty winded, and so is uh, is Stephen Barker. So it's it's hard to to get a word in edgewise sometimes. But I do want to hear your perspective because your perspective is important. And I kind of want to start something here with this, and we're going to go all the way around the panel with this. But as far as election theft. Do you think there is anything at all that means anything when it comes to election theft in this situation? Not in this election, but no, in, I mean, this situation what, period, like oh, in, the situation, by, sure. in the presidential, in the I presidential mean, race, do you, for one, do you believe that there is a possibility of any type of election tampering? And do you believe that? Well, I mean, do you understand why the Republicans or some of the Republicans believe that there is? Oh, I can tell you because they, they fed that every single day. They said, they said it. They, they filed lawsuits. All lawsuits got shut down. They did the recounts. All the recounts panned out. And if they didn't, then we would, he's shaking his head, but the recounts did pan out. Let's they, talk. Phil's going to talk about the audit of Arizona. We're, we're going. We're okay. going to. Uh, we're going to Phil okay. here in just a second. So, but still. so in general, the election was not stolen. I'll say that much, and I will say that as a result of the election and the results thereof, they they basically went and made a whole fuck ton of laws that are absolutely ridiculous. Voting is a right in the country. True or false? Like it is a fundamental right that we all have to vote. As long as you're it, a citizen, go ahead. It, what, it, what, it, it comes with a responsibility, and the responsibility is to prove who you are. I mean, I mean you have a right nope. to. You have a. No, right. it doesn't say that. According to the Constitution. Oh, okay. the hold on. Hold on. You do not have to prove who you are. No, that is not true. That is absolutely not true. Nowhere in the Constitution is it says you don't have to prove who you are to vote. You no, read it no, to me. It doesn't say that in the Constitution. It doesn't say that. Okay, so here's something here's something about this. And again, I'm not on either side because I'm just that I'm just that small minority that's looking on both sides. If you want if you are against someone showing their ID to vote. 
But yet you are for showing a medical card to go have some appetizers at TGI Fridays. You have a disconnect that's not consistent. Okay. Now hold on, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. Can yeah. I? Can I? Uh, wait a second. Wait a second. The bad bad you. Hold on, just one second. Oh no, right. no, I was meaning the bad analogy that was that was pointed out because what you are essentially creating with this ID thing is a poll tax, which was illegalized. How is it a poll tax? Because you have to, do you not understand how you have to pay for an ID? Yes, you can get through that through some means, but not all. Plus, added into the fact that most places where it is lower income or minority based, they have shut down DMVs and any ID printing type area within that area making it a drive to go forth okay this so, narrative is bullshit this narrative wait is wait 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 now wait no no it is hold on wait a second There's a youtube video of ami horowitz and he goes to a college a super liberal college campus and he asks all these white people you know do you think that this is a racist thing and they all say things like Black people don't have cars. They don't have internet. They don't have all of these things. For, and then they go to the black, black community nope. and nope. they ask these people, like, do you know the DMV? And all these black people are like, uh, yeah, dude. I, I, this is a this is a joke between me okay. and my best friend, Shanika. I'll text her every once in a while and I'll say, hey, do you need me to help you with the DMV? Because if you think that black people and poor people are so fucking stupid that they can't go get a fucking ID, what are you saying about these people really? Okay, that's you know it's a, it's a good point, but you brought up a really good point, Remington, as well. Is the tax part? I have never once see the whole time that I've been hearing the we're against showing an ID for, to vote. To me, it sounds fucking asinine as shit. Like you should. I mean, what what's the problem with asking for an ID? You ask me for my ID every time I do anything at all. Period. So why would it be a big thing for me to show my ID to vote? And never once has anyone ever made any point whatsoever to the contrary, except for just now. And, and it's, not a, it's not a super solid point. I still think that it's not a big deal to show your ID. And I agree with everything that Stephen Barker just said. But I also am now thinking about the fact that there is a tax there. You are correct. You do have to go and pay for an ID to be able to vote. And instead of saying, hey, we should not ask for IDs to vote, I think you just proved that IDs should be free to the American public. Uh, it, it, should be a po- it, if, be a it should be. That's easy. No, it, right. it, it is free. I don't know if you guys know this, but if 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 your income level is so low, you get a state ID for free. I you thought that. Wait, wait, wait. Most states, you have to realize that. Wait, you have to realize that. Every state. Wait, hold on. Hold on. You have to you have to realize the amount of bureaucracy that comes with that and the amount of running around that comes with that, too. Yes. You want to bring up. So do you this not think that tire. these people can't just go do that? Like you, do you have think to have, that they don't they don't have the life skills to go to no, a I'm not DMV? Saying that. What but are you saying? Wait, wait, wait. I'm but you're the one that brought up that it's only black. It's not only black. I said also, poor. I said poor. No, you didn't. You said I did. black. I said black you and poor. Black. No, did you didn't say even say poor. you didn't say poor. You said I black said poor specifically. And black. You said black well, specifically. Hold on a second. The reason why Hold dude, on. Sh- hold poor. on. Hold on. The reason why he said black specifically is because that is what the narrative is. The narrative is yeah. that when you The narrative's you, not that. The narrative I, I was watching that. it on television. Right. It's racist hold on. for an ID. That's the narrative. No, it's not. Hold on. It's First the of all, narrative that Florida, I've seen pushed. Hold on. Hold on. In Florida, 
the $25 fee for a Florida ID, not a license, will be waived for those that can prove homelessness status. And there's an additional $6.25 service charge that the tax collector's office may not waive. So it's still not fucking free. And that's, I know we're arguing over dollars and cents, but at the end of the day, it's not free in Florida. You can't get a free license in Florida. Okay, well, so man. then we just make it free. That's very well, easy. Yeah. And then you can't, then you can't argue about it. One hundred percent. That is the. I don't like taxes, that, bro. I don't like taxes. One hundred percent. That is the fix. Is to make it free. That would be that would be the fix for this whole situation. But I will say that when you explain that Remington, when you when you explain that these people cannot do the same type of of hoops that we have to jump through to get an ID. It just like, do I really well, want those people voting? Well, that <laughs> okay. If you want to say that, then you're like completely. I'm just saying. I mean, the, no, because what I'm trying to get at, and you keep on. It's not just the combination of the economic; it's also the time wise too. Because look at how these lower income people have to do three jobs, take care of kids, get them to school, maintain the family, <laughs> oh and you God. want wait. You're working three jobs most of these Dude, my fiance works two Wait, jobs. She has three. four kids. You're using she, she's a kitchen manager. Hey, hey, you can't Dude, work She can take care ID. of it. You can't you're work used, without an ID. You can't get a used, job without an ID. There are several jobs out there that go under the table, and you can get cash <laughs> for it. And there are. I've met people that do this. But that within itself is a gray area. Now, we're looking at this. You're using antidotal evidence. Your life is not the same as everyone else's. That's why. Well, you, you know what? It sounded like it, though. Experience. That's the problem, Remington. When you say that, you say your life is not like everyone else's. And you said, what about these people? They got to take care of three kids. They got three jobs. I literally work all the time, like until uh, until it's my brain is mush and. And I have three kids that I have and, to take care of. And maybe. And how often do you get to squeeze in the time to go fill out forms for bureaucracy? I work it out. I've got okay, an ID uh, in my pocket. Yeah, they have I to work it out too, but they have. They Are have you saying that they're not status. capable? Are you? I'm what, not what saying is, that they're not capable. I'm saying that the ro- the roadblocks put in the way to make it ca- capable are built within the system now. How, how are you taking care of three kids without an ID? I mean, you can't have a home. You can't rent a place. You can't buy a place. You have Dude, to be homeless. Dude, you can. Uh, you there's Craigslist. You, you can go off. You can't get any kind of benefit or or government assistance. You nope. can't do anything. If you I have mean, a social security without, card, you can get any like, of that. You don't need an ID to go into a welfare office the, to get the assistance. You just need proof of residency and your social security card. The only reason, the only reason you would not want people showing their ID is because you want votes that shouldn't count to be able to count. That's Period. what it no. sounds That's like. What it is. That's what it sounds we like. We never and, had and this look, issue. We never but, had this issue until people questioned okay, these electoral. All right, all right wait, hold, hold on. If everybody can get a, a ballot mailed to their house, can't everyone just have an ID mailed to the house? Okay, here's a question. Now, let's go back to where we were. I asked Chris Cook if he thought that there was anything to do with election fraud. He said no. That's that's the position that he takes. Now, I'm going to take it to Phil. Phil Taylor, do you believe that this election was stolen? I believe there was significant fraud, and we found out recently in Arizona there was 50,000 votes 
that had questionable things with them. 50,000 in one county, in one state, that Trump only lost by 10,000. Now, you'll hear the rebuttal of, well, when they tallied up the votes, and this is what he's getting ready to say, Remy, when they tallied up the votes, Biden still won. But they did not look into the 50,000 votes and change the votes. If they didn't have signatures, they said they didn't have signatures. They shouldn't have counted, but they counted. Illegible, illegible yeah, signatures. All those things, 50,000 in one county. Now, you extrapolate that to the whole country, and I don't think we can trust anything in any of these states that was close. In West Virginia, if you search uh, post office uh, worker and voter fraud, you will see that there was a postal worker in West Virginia arrested because he was throwing away Democratic ballots that he was carrying. Joe Rogan says it. Do you think it's zero? Do you think that Mel, do you think no. that voting fraud is zero? No, but it's no, much no. lower than now, now. I am of the mind that something's so bloated and man, Remy, when you talk about trying to rip rip apart bureaucracies, you're talking my language, brother. That's what libertarians want. We want all this red tape the fuck down, right? I don't want all that bullshit. It's just bloated. It gives gives all it is is jobs for people, and they are and they become dependent on the government, which is what they want, right? So. So just let's just everybody have an ID and show an ID. Here's the thing. How many states right now? So when you talk about Georgia, how many states do you show an ID? I live in West Virginia. I had to show an ID. Do you all show an ID where you all live? Yeah, we got to show. I've got to use my ID several times a day. I know. I I know Chris does as well. Every every Florida. I'm in Tennessee, but I got a question for you guys. And maybe all of you guys can chime in on this one. Why do we not? I know that state elections, every state has their own rules and that's fine for localities, cities, counties. But why not when we vote for national, it'd be on a different day and it have a uniformed system where everybody has the exact same format perfect yes and it should be and it should be and it should be a day off one state can run things differently than another and then we all add it together like it was equal it should be a holiday it should be a holiday or a day off or something where everybody has the opportunity to go they shouldn't be making laws that circumvent like blocking stupid shit like you can't hand out water for people standing in line what in the fuck what so, I'm just saying all the rules should be the same in every exactly. locality. Well, and, and have, it should be all you have uniform. a problem with that, Phil, because the, they they try to do that, but the people fighting against it is your side. If they don't want it, it, no, not as much as the Republicans. The Republicans spend more money lobbying against. I mean, if you're both are murderers and one is a first degree and one second degree, I'm just saying murderers. We're going off of the. We're okay. going off of everything. The ones that do it the most, based off where their lobbying money is coming from is the Republican side because they are afraid that with more people voting, they will lose power. It's afraid of what Phil just said. It's exactly what you said at the beginning, sir. This is the, this is why Republicans are questioning the election. When you have cities, deep Democrat cities, and those democratic officials are running the rules in those cities and you have different things happening on those polls, like not having poll watchers, having them shoved back, having boards put on the windows and all these things, even if nothing's going wrong, it looks bad. It's like, what the hell is going on? Like, why is this ran differently than, than the Royal areas? Why are the cities doing things differently? And they're, and that's because they're democratic areas. The Republicans don't trust what's going on. They can't see what's going on. But the points you just made about watchers not being there were debunked by Republican vote 
counters and watchers. You use no. that point that was already debunked by the people that were was, there. Was not debunked. It was 3, debunked by several. Several different, several different Republican. Several different. Oh, you're talking Republican. tiny numbers. That's like one one hundredth. If of you 1%, extrapolate like that out, three thousand affidavits. Three thousand people say they seen three thousand different people areas all over many, the country. Uh, okay. how many was the population? Because you're going off of ratios here. Exactly. Three hundred million people. Let's let's. And then how many are voting age? It's like. It's such a small, insignificant number. Like Andrew would say two weeks ago, he was talking about it's it's basically negligible that that kids were dying of COVID or whatever. Like it's the same thing. In fact, it's less. These it's are less major cities that these yeah. affidavits come from. You're trying to tell me the high points uh, and then that makes your Philadelphia ratio and places and like that wouldn't tip Pennsylvania. That was only a thirty thousand vote difference. I mean, come and on, that, and make a huge for, difference. Feels very right about this. And here's the thing. We would we could not have to have this argument if we just standardize it from state to state. But, uh, but again, this is this is this argument's fixed. We just fixed it. Go on. Yeah. Okay. Yes. But again, we could we could fix that right there. But again, we have this power structure of two parties working together, even though they bring themselves out as working against each other. They are far more working together because they all work for the same corporate donors and the same and the same interests that are within the wealthy. They all okay. work for that. We I agree with correct? you. I agree with you. Okay. All right, so Remington. We, Hold on, Remington. I, I want to ask you, as I wanted to go to your side of the thing, do you believe that there was any fraud in the election? If it was, it was minuscule enough. And to go back to Phil, the cyber ninja, to, uh, the cyber ninja audit while it did show that was funded by Republicans, they were out there for the witch hunt. They were the witch hunt. I, I it is a witch hunt. It's a massive witch hunt. Wait a minute. Wait, who wait was the guy? On. Who no, was no. the? Wait, they, wait, they wait. deleted. They deleted the results the day before they started. Who was just? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they did anything wrong. Do you understand wrong, how servers work? Fishy. It looks. Uh, do, you I, I mean, how, just, do you understand how the server sites? things work it's just it's it's hilarious when liberals are saying like we should get over it an election was fair when for three you years that, four years you said we that had to, hear, to others though. but what i'm saying for four, that did the point. same thing during, four during years, Trump. we heard the only reason trump beat hillary was because of russia russia it was no. all fixed by yes. russia and yes. this, I, I, this no, is I, I was, I was one of those like witch hunt Dude, you we had using it's hilarious. Wait, I, I you had Rachel the- Maddow on MSNBC, who has who has turned into the Alex Jones of the left, saying that that uh, how did she put it? That Trump has enabled Russia to be able to turn your electricity off. Look it up. She said it on YouTube. It went nuts. So we heard for four years, and again, I voted for Ric Flair. He would have made a better president than anybody we've had so far. Uh, they for four years we heard that Donald Trump, you know, and and they tried to uh, impeach him. Now look, you liberals, you Democrats, when the red wave comes, you don't think that's going to come back on you. You don't think that they're going to try to impeach Joe Biden? I'm sure they will. But one of the things that they I already that, tried. They've already well, there's been well, already two wait articles until the red wave comes out. in 2022, brother. One of the things I, I seen that uh, that when the cyber ninjas audit happened and it went up in, in in court i can't remember the guy who said it but someone said this is a solution looking for a problem and i thought that was kind of a telling statement there that it, one of the things that makes me believe that all of uh, a lot of the republicans believe that the election was stolen 
is because they are used to the Trump base and the Trump base is loud. The Trump base is proud and the Trump base is not afraid to put 375 stickers on the back of their Ford F-150 and ride it right down the road, letting you know that they cannot stand Joe Biden. Half of it says they hate Joe Biden. The other half says they love Trump, and it's it's almost cultish. You know right away when someone is a Trump do supporter. You think that that was, do you think Barack Obama had the same stuff from I the don't. West? I don't believe that because no. I was an Obama He was a cult of personality. Listen, dude. he was a cult of – Hold Hillary on. Let me respond to that. <laughs> the, with President Obama, I was a supporter of President Obama, but having – the the type of push like i mean he wasn't he wasn't the rolling stones to me have i wasn't waving his term? flag i wasn't i didn't I tattoo have, his face on my on my cheek i didn't do anything like that oh. and I, it wasn't a cult mentality for barack chris obama cook, chris cook you've heard this before have you ever heard the term my forever president It is a term that is very common in the African community, African-American community. They say that Barack Obama is their forever president, and that is a bit cultish. I'm not to saying be, that it's to at be the honest, same level. Hold on a second. I don't second. think it's at the same level of Trump, but, that dude, there was a cult behind Wait, Barack Obama. That, what you're, what, you know, the cult you're referring to is a group of people who believe that that might have been their last opportunity to ever have somebody in office, which is, a sad, which is a sad thing uh, that, you know, that people believe that. And hopefully we're going to see all types of different people as president in the next 50 to 100 years but at that time it was the only one so i can totally get why they would say he was a forever president but a lot of the you know a lot of the black people that i've talked to weren't wasn't necessarily happy with what president obama ended up doing i know i know um, a lot of those i know a lot of people that not that aren't necessarily Obama fans anymore that were. And I myself am still an Obama fan. I think he did a lot of great things. I think he could have I done <laughs> I think he could have done a, a whole lot more great things, but he never was a corporate shit. He was, he was a he corporate just like turn. Joe Biden. Was. Nevertheless, my point is I think that a lot of the people who believe that they won this election believe that because the people who are on the other side are not nearly as loud. So they believe that everyone thinks like they do. I've, and I've never met a Trumper who even considers whether you are one or not. They just automatically believe you are. And I, I talk to these, I live in Florida. I talk to these people constantly. They, they never once assume that maybe you have a different political position than they do. They automatically assume you're a Trumper. So they'll drop something in front of you that may be, that may be one of the political buzzwords, might be one of the, the, the situations where they're talking about something that's on the news, or they may even just drop something really racist in front of you and just assume that you're okay with it. It, it happens a lot with that Don't group. Don't shake your fucking head. I'm totally shaking my head. You live in the South. Listen, that's where racists I, um, are. Yeah, the, the whole... I'm not even gonna get into that that statement. We'll just no, no you, you can, can totally you I'm can totally to get a Dominican woman. My wife is black, and I work with a bunch of fucking racist mm -hmm. bigots that have no idea. They drop that shit all the time on me daily. Uh. I mentioned her and I know she watches uh, shout out Shanika, my, my sister living in Portland. And she said something like a few months ago that just blew my brains up. She lives in Portland, right? She and she used to live in West Virginia. And she said this. I would rather put up with the hillbilly redneck ignorance that I dealt with in West Virginia than the pernicious liberal 
racism that she puts up with in Portland. When she is told by liberals, when this woman is an accomplished woman who has two degrees and she works, uh, she's a, a traffic engineer. She makes more money than everybody. I don't, I, I think she probably makes more money than everybody in here. But people act like she doesn't know how to go to the DMV. She said she would rather put up with just ignorant, dumb racists that say the hard R than the liberals that she lives with in Portland. Well, that's because they all treat her like a pet. Oh, wait, hold on. They treat her like she has no agency to take care of herself. Okay, well. And she's moving from Portland. I believe that's fucking ridiculous because those racist rednecks that you're talking about will drag you behind a fucking car. There's a big fucking difference. Hang it from a tree branch. Yeah, so there's a big. happening all over the place? No, it's it's not. I know it's not, Phil. It's not. not. Well, this, it's, this is a narrative. Well, it's well, also. Hold on a second. We know okay, if we talk yeah. over each other, nothing gets put on the air. So the the point the point there is no no it's not happening all over the place. But it but is it happening all over the place that liberals are 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 doing that? No, it's not happening all over the place either. Let's just be honest. What we do is we talk about political commentary and we talk about these absolutely insane. Trump supporters, and we talk about these absolutely insane, sorry, Remy, progressives that are all on the complete different ends of the spectrum, and neither of them make any sense. In the middle, there's a group of people on both sides that really don't want to be associated with either, but just want to vote in their direction. So, I, really, we're commentating on the people on the front lines. And believe me, at one time, all the crazies were on your side, Phil. We've got crazies over here now, too. And there's crazy people on the front lines of both of our ideologies fighting it out and representing it us. I agree 100% with that statement. Well, I mean, this, this I think this topic was, what, civil unrest? So I mean, um, we've went, we, we just threw the topics out the window at this point. Um, I mean, we went all over the, the rain, place. Baby. We're, yeah, we we're absolutely talk what happened. Should we talk about the riots? We should. Go ahead. Bring it oh, up. No. Can we want- talk about how the riots were the main focus of the small percentage of riots were the main focus of cable television instead of focusing on the much more fast, peaceful protests that were going on because violence sells in the media? And that's the liberal media. That's what MSNBC no. is showing every day. Once again, that that type of thing. And no, it was every bit of media. CNN. And I'll, I'll go with that. TYT. Well, not so much TYT, but whole here's, cities burned down. No, I mean, they didn't. Whole no, they didn't. Stop lying. Get out of here. They did. They did. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Billions of dollars. They didn't. Billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. Hold on. One at a time. Go to Wisconsin. Check it out. I mean, they had to rebuild from scratch. I mean, what are you talking about? They fired the state house in Portland. You've seen entire buildings on the Yeah, and the building didn't burn down. There was damage to the outside of the building. I, 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 it amazes me okay. how people can justify those things and say I'm it was justifying. a small portion, but then say you said that a whole city fucking burned down. No city burned down. Where? Blocks. Let's uh, just say whole sections of cities no, 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 burned no, no. down. Blocks. You said whole city. Okay, Blocks. wait. All right, so we're so we're okay, we're we focusing took, on little took, words here. This we is we took a part mincing words of yeah. We took a part of a city and turned it into its own country. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, come on. Hold on. on. Okay. I mean, shit went. Let's let's talk about that. that in there. I like People to talk about these type of things. things. 
I, I like to talk about these type of things and, and, and separate them there because I, once again, lean left. But when I think about this situation, I can't help but say we're arguing over was one building burned down or were 10 buildings burned down or were the whole city burned down? Why the fuck are we burning down buildings? What is Thank the, like, where's the like logic? The record hold on, quick. hold on. The logic, <laughs> what, you got to let people finish complete thoughts and then you put your complete thought in. But the, when you think about buildings burning period, no one should be burning buildings. This is not something that we should be doing and burning those buildings didn't do anything good for anybody. All it did was make the entire idea look like savagery. So why would we burn buildings down to begin with? That's when logic comes in and you say, this is not a political issue. You mean groups of people were burning buildings down? I see this no different than January 6th. January 6th, a lot of people stormed the Capitol building. That should have been treated the same way that I think the rioters should have been treated. You can't burn buildings down. You can't storm Capitol buildings. You shouldn't be able to do any of those things. And if you are doing those things, you're not a logical human being. Am I wrong? Um, no, you were absolutely being that, consistent, Brian Reznor. That was fucking beautiful. Yes, that I 100% agree with you. But you got to, were they treated the same in the media? No. No. Well, exactly. it depends on what channel you were watching. It depends on what channel you're watching. When I say no, when I say no, they were not treated the same. I'm saying that they made the January 6th look, you know, look like nothing. Fox News was making the rioters look like they were burning down whole cities, like you said, which is not true. And but true. The, on your Kenosha, side, Wisconsin, Kenosha, Wisconsin, I lived approximately 10 miles from there. I'm from northern Illinois originally and i lived not far from kenosha wisconsin and i'm looking at it right now and several buildings within a strip mall were burned out but no buildings were burned down um, they like fired the state capital or the the capital the, the, the state courthouse, building in the courthouse in portland yes and that still didn't burn down the building though. they threw fire into it but does it I mean, matter I'm talking about levels it's a fucking happened does it, if something's on fucking fire it's on fucking fire right it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter the fucking levels of it you're trying to say well the whole city didn't get fucking burned down but we're saying one is too much. The building still Look, didn't get burned down, though. You're making an you argument are being that yeah, they, semantics. But here's the oh point. God. Okay, okay. that's important. That's said, important. Bro. Hold on, Remington. Go ahead. Okay, you divulged from the point I'm trying to make because I think that Jan Six is partially to blame by the media representation of how these protests get hijacked by violent sources. Because they always focus on the right. So we're being fed this this constant slew of all these people are being violent, but we don't focus on the mass group of people, the bigger group that are actually sitting there and peacefully protesting. Well then you need to you Way. need to get your house into order. You need to tell them. I mean, you it's, do too. Yeah, it's everybody. You do too. That's well, it's not Republican. Not, he's not on either side. He, he wouldn't he wouldn't have been a he wouldn't have been a part of either side either, but he wouldn't both have been part sides of either side. need to fucking fucking get that through their heads. Even your side, Phil, your side does it as badly as the other side. You can't sit there and try to say it's not happening they because have, there's studies the, of it. Did they have riots in Utah City? Is white supremacy considered the top priority right now for domestic terrorism? Yes. Where is this domestic terrorism happening? Go check out. 
I mean, come on. Okay, so um, a guy pulls up in a just van. Have, just tell me. Wait, wait. A guy pulls up in a van, calls up to, for bomb threats. A hardcore liberal, and that's not domestic terrorism? How is that not domestic terrorism? The fact that we cannot call the, what they what these right-wing fringe groups do, and I'm saying fringe, Phil, because you're, you so far seem not fringe. There are fringe groups on both sides. There what are was the guy who that. shot up the uh, softball game of the Congress? Who was he supporting? Okay, am I condoning this? Okay. I'm just uh, saying you're making it sound like out. it's uh, no, I'll get back to no, the no, I'm trying I'm, no, no, I'm trying to get to the I'm trying to get to this point that that's that in itself plus the rhetoric of Trump fired up these these people on Chan 6 to do something like this. And yes, it did happen. They that was one day. Into, how many days eight. were the riots? How many they, days? Portland had the, riots high, hundreds of days in Hi there. Okay, Stephen, hi. You say you're not against both sides, but you're pushing the right wing narrative. No, I'm being completely. consistent and fair because I say, don't give a fuck about Saying you're side. consistent and fair, but continuing to push that narrative does not mean you're consistent and fair. It, it means is. that you're pushing the general and making an excuse. Because it's to, one day. Yep. It was one and day. It's not one day on but that's the semantics, right is it not? It's is that what you just said? Sides, and you guys don't want Did to they burn that? anything down? Doesn't no, matter they, if they, they, down, they took glazed. down the American flag and threw it on the ground and put a Trump flag up instead and broke windows and did the same shit. They just didn't burn anything down. But isn't they there a lot people that day? But can't you see on Twitter when you see like real heavy progs who think that the American flag is a racist symbol. So Jeez. weren't they just throwing a racist symbol on the ground? As, as a denizen of Twitter, because that was for of you, my, because of my thing, do you not see the other side saying the same thing about uh, Biden? And, and uh, there's French groups on both, and they're your loudest okay. voices right now, and no but, one's doing but, anything but, about it because it helps but, both of you guys out. All right, Phil. All right. Okay, so I'm going to try to backtrack when we was talking about how the media treated the two things. And you said, well, yeah, they treat them differently. Well, no, because of Fo it's always Fox News. Okay, let's just throw Fox News out. I could, I okay? could bring up one. Because there's I 900. News, news, I mean, I that's one news organization compared to all the other ones. And that news organization was pretty hard on January 6th and an insurrection. It hasn't been the biggest Trump fan since then either. I'm just saying, like, I quit watching Fox News because of that. I've not watched Fox News. You're gonna since tell the me election. you don't watch Tucker Carlson? No, I do not watch Fox News at all. I, I don't. I don't. Wow. I've found other forms of news and media, and I, I I'm not watching it because okay. Just out of so, curiosity, just out of curiosity, what are your other forms of media? <laughs> I, I watch Newsmax. Oh, jeez. Oh, Newsmax. Okay. okay. I mean, so when you all do that. Wait, 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 wait. Stephen Barker. Hold on. Barker. Barker. I'm talking to make another point on on what. Remy was saying, so we everybody's calling this January six a uh, insurrection. That's I mean bullshit. It's I mean come bullshit. on, three hundred goofballs, one wearing a mat. Afghanistan like, was an insurrection. Remy was in there taking pictures with them and all this other stuff. They, they go in there and that's they really thought they were taking over the country. They really thought they they were now the <laughs> governing body and they were going to kill all the politicians and take over. No. No, it wasn't a gun. There was, wasn't was a gun in there. Trespassing, and that's all it was. Was trespassing. You arrest them, you charge them for trespassing, and we move they on. They were chanting also, and looking no to one kill. Died. They did. They weren't looking. They didn't to kill. 
I they mean, did it because they supposedly... didn't get to accomplish because of the brave work of the oh, DC. They were, oh they my God. Yeah, hey, I love have... this. I love when you all like those police and then you don't like any police. Now I'm a libertarian and barely think police should exist, but be fucking consistent. And then, when, and, and when, okay. I believe the, the thing about January four. 6th that blew it up and I've been watching it and, and like, it's so tasty is all of the Republicans who are doing blue lives matter. Now don't like those, uh, those fucking policemen. And then fucking Keith Oberman, who's been, you know, defund the police, all that shit is now heralding how fucking uh, brave the Capitol police were. Are they good? Are they bad? I don't want police period. I think it should be like a Netflix subscription. So oh, I'm not the okay. guy. So which one is it? All right. It's not so, fucking consistent. Hold on. hold on. Because now you're making sweeping generalizations. You're saying you. You're not, you're not the really royal using the you. You're, not you're now the saying royal that you're you. using the royal you. You use Democrat. You use all that. Me, I'm coming at this from a truly outside view because I believe both parties are not working for us, period. I believe. So I, 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 I'm, but you focus more on criticizing the left and you won't cri- and you don't lean towards criticizing your own. Did you not hear that my, much. my, yes, first, not my much. first statement? Yes, 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 yes. But not as much as you are feverishly um, tearing down at um, the left. I mean, I could do I, that if you want to. I mean, we could talk about here's the thing that I like about Trump, but people who are against Trump feel sorry, buddy, about that. He'll turn on you. The things that you should hate about Trump are the things that you that that like liberals talk about. You should hate Trump from the right or, you know, in general, because, you know, he did anti-gun legislation. He brought up red flag legislation when he went to go take uh, when he went to go do the wall. He just took people's land. The government just came in and took your fucking land. So, I mean, if that will make you feel better, Remington, I can sit here and tell you about the things that I don't like about Donald Trump. No, 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 but I'm but just fucking I'm just stop that. Out. My point is the liberals, the Democrats and the liberal media, you're running everything. But You've the, got it all. No, it's all not institutions, ran by, it's not ran by every the, college fucking campus, no. every outside of Oral Roberts University, every BYU. fucking media. I can't post Dude, anything great. without getting fact-checked great. on Facebook. Okay, Let's talk about fact-checks for a second. Holy shit, Bill, go ahead. <laughs> fact-checking. Did anyone find out? Did anyone see who is fact-checking fact fact-checking vaccination posts on Facebook? Did you hear who is? The Johnson Foundation. Guess who the Johnson Foundation is? Johnson and Johnson. That's the foundation that owns Johnson and Johnson. Okay. So, Remy, okay. you should be with Hi. me right here. Wait, wait, we have wait, a wait, liberal wait. Yeah. media that we have the people who media, are who are checking media. who are checking. Yeah, but man, corporates are liberals now. Corporates no, they're not. were Republican they're, they're, in the '80s and the '90s. Fucking the people who Republican run Google are not Republican. The guy right, who runs Amazon is not a Republican. Remington. The guy who the people who run Google aren't fucking Republicans. But you, okay. here's the thing about Democrats. Hold on, Remington, God damn it. You all people keep acting like the corporations are these uh, Republicans. And if you were in the 80s and 90s, you'd be correct. But the corporations are ran by fucking liberals. When the corporations go out and give and do like rainbow logos during a fucking, you know, gay pride parade. And I'm a man, I'm probably the only one in here who has ever been the grand marshal of a gay pride parade. That's me, bye. That's me, guys. But I tell you what, those same corporations, they ain't putting those rainbow logos in the Middle East. Nike ain't got no rainbows in the Middle East, right? So it's just become... 
It's become another marketing tool. So I don't trust them as much as I don't trust the government. All right, Remington. I, okay. So you're acting like those Republican corporations just disappeared. They still exist. They're out there. And you're bringing up tech companies that are newer. And, and much bigger and more powerful. They're much bigger. Wait, wait. They're much bigger because of where we are going in a technological age. We have reached this point where technological advancement is kind of going faster and faster. That's why they have loud voices right now. But your, your Republican corporations still exist, still powerful. It's and a problem on both sides. Any Republican corporation right now News Corp. ban a Facebook post. Can News Corp. they can they hold on? I don't can they ban? No, because that's a private corporation that they have the right to do that. Yeah, but, but when, when they start do, when no. they're doing the work of the government, they're not a private corporation anymore. And when you have no, they're still a private when you have Saki from the fucking bullpit or from the uh, the pulpit of the White House saying that if you are banned off one social media we think you should be banned off all of them. That's They're now doing idea. the work of the government. Okay. okay. That's a horrible so, idea. To let, but you're bringing up something that's not going to work because no one's going to want that. All right, Philip. Okay. Okay. But all, I, all you have to do two two things first. And this is very important. The leader of the Taliban is on Twitter and our former president is that not. That kills me. That fucking so kills me. The Chinese, about the Chinese government I mean, is on, on Twitter. That's I mean, ridiculous. literally they are executing women uh, out in the street right now. Hey. Yes. And, and, in and Afghanistan, and that no, government no news corporation has brought that up. Except for maybe possibly you know, right wing number ones, this, okay. hold, number hold, two. Go ahead. Number two, they are a private company, but they get chapter 230 protection, which means they cannot be editors. They have to be a free forum for everyone, an open forum. Once they start editing, but they can are, be sued. And they're getting that protection, but they're editing people's posts. They are not editing people's posts. Oh my god! They are mod. Wait, are this is a public. Wait, hold on. Go Let ahead. me Go ahead. finish. Go ahead before you laugh, because this is this is if, what you have to have to have in something that is a free forum, which it is a public forum, and they are handling it horribly. But. It's always going to be a factor in this. You are going to have to have some moderation. And as a libertarian, I don't want moderation either. It's all okay or nothing's okay. But you can't do that because Because then what you do is you are now handcuffed by whoever is in charge. I had this argument with an ex-girlfriend once when we found out that the NSA was emails. Not even Remington. To my point, I cannot get into my point. He's got to make his point before you. He's 100% right, Steve Barker. You're just as bad as he is. The point I'm trying to make is that that with with these forums, there is going to be moderation. The company taking it in themselves to be that moderation is horrible, but it's written into their TOS. That is a contract that you sign, correct? Yep. So you must abide by that TOS. It's kind of like going into a theater and yelling fire. You can't do that. That's not protected speech. But, but but if you're only not to interrupt you, but if you're only banning some people from screaming fire and other people can scream fire, we got a problem because I, I'm telling you liberal posts that I know are false. Like I, I see the meme. I know it's 100 percent been fact checked. It's false. 
there's no missing context or this put on it. Okay. So here, here's a great example of this. Here's a great example of this last year. If you were to put on social media that the vaccine or uh, the, the virus came from China, you were, you were, that post got taken down, Right. Last year, July, you were a fucking conspiracy theorist. Not two months ago, your all's Democrat daddy, John Stewart, came on to Stephen Colbert's fucking show and did one of the greatest humorous routines we've ever seen. And now it's okay. So there's no consistency. So last year, you were a xenophobe Uh, racist. And now your Democrat daddy came and said, this shit probably happened in Wuhan. I believe you can say that. from Wuhan. But here's but the you thing. You weren't allowed to say was, that. Hold on. You weren't allowed to hold say on. that in a social media post. Okay. I swear, man. <laughs> this is the hardest fucking panel I've ever fucking done. Okay. We're sorry, future Brian. <laughs> All right. So the reason why I believe that the China, that that China narrative existed in the beginning is because China has a lot of money to fight that narrative, even though that narrative's true. It came from China. China doesn't want, and and that all goes to a plan that I think that Donald Trump had. And it was one plan that I actually kind of thought I was going to get behind. And it was the idea that China caused this pandemic. Therefore we don't owe China any more money. And I think that is totally where he was going. If he would have gotten reelected, that was going to be one of his things like the wall. It was going to be, we're not paying China because China gave us the virus. And I know he was going there. I could just, I'm so I'm so for that. I could I'm just so for feel that. it. I could feel I that. I could feel that that was going to happen. And, and hello, World War Three. I would yeah. vote for. Hey, man, we got a guy on here, true. one of our fellow panel brothers, who says, yep. and he's a Marine, and he seems like he's real in the know with what the military's doing. And he said it's inevitable that World War Three is inevitable. Oh yeah. Well, why do we That's on my list. Yeah, but I I can't see that because that would include foresight from Trump, and I don't really see foresight from Trump that broad. Well, no, I don't think it would take foresight. I mean, he knows that we owed him a whole lot of money. Yeah, he He would manipulate it. It would. It would. uh, That was. That was one thing that Trump was good at. It was manipulating the factors into his favor, and that's that's that's. It was just a spin. Yeah, it's all politics. It's all politics. But with stuff like that, it's again corporate media bullshit. But we also had. You guys are looking in one space. I'm a, I'm a different space type of guy. I'm your Twitch, YouTube. I'm not even on YouTube that much. I watch more than post content, but I'm your content creator guy that's like watching this happen outside. YouTube probably did it the best this time by doing a blanket um, banning of terms over all channels to demonetize. Well, let's talk about that because, again, last year, right around the the October surprise was Hunter Biden's laptop. Okay. And it was 100% true, but it got killed off all platforms, not 
two weeks ago, Politico, you know, that super right-wing group Politico, came out and said that it is 100% a true story that Biden, or Hunter, was using his daddy's name to get paid and to get jobs. Now, to be honest, that's both sides. That whole idea of, like, you know, familial people getting jobs because of your, you know, your mom or dad, nepotism, politician, that's, that's both sides. Right. But they suppress that. And if that would have been told the way it's being told now, and we're seeing how brutal the, the corruption was coming from Hunter Biden, Donald Trump would have won. So they were able to manipulate the media last year because they they shut down the New York Post. They wouldn't even let them t- tweet what anymore. About the, what about the suppression of the fact that Trump was renting out rooms in the plaza, taking taxpayer money that would go back into his? I mean, businesses. dude, yeah, Bill that Clinton was did it. too. Absolutely, both but, sides. Uh, get, both sides. Both sides do good it. for it. Bill Clinton was renting out fucking bedrooms in the White House. Okay, something's well, just politics as usual, brother. My point is the story no, this is, this was is not against, wait, this was the story was the not annulment. able to be told because the these media knew that it was going to swing some voters. When you see how corrupt Joe Biden is, he is corrupt to his core. You cannot exist in Washington, DC for 40 plus years and be a mover and shaker and not be corrupt to the core. I gave money to Tulsi Gabbard for the record and i was a big andrew yang guy so dude that that there it is liberal media bias but and i have to fight against the a, thing that's biased all right it's so it's not just liberal media because the suppression would have like got trump disqualified because it's against the annulment clause it didn't disqualify was, clinton when he, he was when he was renting out the bedrooms in the white house it would have too all right, guys, so didn't. we have been sitting here talking for over an hour and a half, and we have, we've went over a lot of subjects, and honestly, I don't think that we've even come close to a plan for the future of America. So we may have failed today, but before we go, I want to, to talk to everyone about one specific question, and we're going to go around the panel, and then we'll be done for the day. We may revisit this in the future, but I would like to say, who do you see Winning the presidency in 2024. I'll start with you, Chris Cook. You could just skip me because I know, just like was already said, I don't anticipate that uh, Biden will even be alive. (laughs) So that's out the window. Kamala Harris wouldn't win as a primary on the ticket. I, I couldn't tell you. I don't have a any political aspirations for the future of 2024. So wow. move on to the next one. Wow. I have no that, idea. That's a powerful that a downer, Chris. That's a powerful statement all in itself. And you know what? I can't – I mean, I, I have to go to myself here, and I have to put myself in, in the mix because I'm kind of with Chris. I don't feel as if we can win with Biden and Harris again. I don't feel as if Harris can win on her own. I don't feel like we've got a shot in hell of doing anything there. My biggest – Shot in the dark is Andrew Yang coming up with his own party and hopefully pushing ranked choice voting. That's what that's what I'm hoping for, but I don't see that happening for a very, very long time. So I'm kind of in that that slump as well, Chris. I can tell you. Totally you know, Brian, I thought that Andrew Yang had a shot at winning the New York City governor or I, uh, mayor. I, I really did. I really did too. But now he's starting his own his own party. So it's going to be called. We don't know yet, but I'm I'm excited to to hear all about it, and I'll 100 back it because I don't feel like I'm feel like I'm a man without a home right now. 
I, and yeah. I've never felt like that before in the history of me being into politics since I was a young boy listening to my grandma talk shit about Ronald Reagan. I, I've, you know, that it's it's always been a part of my life, and I've never once sat and been like, I don't have a, a home. I don't have a political home right now, and it's the weirdest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Phil Taylor, tell me who you see winning the presidential election in 2024. Donald J. Trump. And I'm going to take one last pot shot at you with the Yang thing. I mean, the universal income thing, we tried it. We tried it for about a year, year and a half with unemployment, and uh, now we can't hire anybody. And small businesses no, are dying. That's, that's not it. That's my last no. statement on that. No, I nah, got it. Man, no, no. There's a reason why two by fours were $9, bro. It's called supply and demand. But I'm just saying, you, you, you can't, when you give people money, they will not work. I'm telling you, they'll live with the bare minimum, and these service industries will die off. Well, you know what? It's really sad if that is the case, because I will tell you this if, if someone funded $2,000, like say a a married couple, they'd get $2,000 a month that would be funded by their stake in the country. Basically their stockholding in the United States of America, they would receive every month that $2,000 base with a working couple, or you could actually create the stay at home mom. The stay at home mom could be a thing again. That's a that's uh, inc- feminists aren't big fans of stay at home moms. Uh, well, that, you know what? Good. I am because sounds- I'm trying to raise a child, and, and when you're trying to raise a child, you need a parent in the home raising that child. I, I understand that some people are not fans of stay at home moms, but if you can have a stay at home mom for your child, it is the best thing you can possibly have. Prom- I promise you. I, I mean, I get I get what you're saying, but what you're going to have is you're going to have people taking to two thousand. They're going to be taking government-funded housing, and they're going to be like, if I go to work, I'm not going to come out ahead. Even if I make $17, $18, $20 an hour, I'm basically making $14 an hour off the government and getting free housing. Why in the world would I do that? Like, why, why but would you, I? You wouldn't, well, you wouldn't get free housing at that point. That's, Brian, not, that's, not, how the, a, that's not how the plan is, well, is working. Okay, okay, so if you're not, okay, but I'm just telling you, like right now, my wife is a manager at Carrabba's. And they can't, when unemployment was happening, they couldn't get anyone to work for $18, $19 an hour. $17 for a line Man, cook starting out. I'm in, Everybody's like, no. I'm in Florida no. working in the in the world of contractors. I promise you, I know all about the the labor shortage. And there's tons of it. And I agree, the the unemployment thing was was definitely an issue. It was a, it was and a that's problem. What universal trying to, health income would do also. I mean, you're doing I, basically the same thing. I Here, don't let me be against Phil for a second. As a libertarian, you know, I'm not for redistributions of wealth at all. Uh, the reason why I liked Andrew Yang was unlike the socialist side of the of the spectrum that just says, "Hey, you you should just get money. You just deserve it." He at least had a cogent argument saying that one day the robots are going to take over. One of the things that turned me on to Yang and again, libertarian, do not like redistribution of wealth. I am a business owner. I am a capitalist. I know, I know, but wait, hold on. Andrew Yang's reasoning was 
eventually the robots are going to take over and well, we're not going to have jobs. No, I'm not saying it's happening anytime soon, but we're going to have self-driving cars. We're going to have self-driving uh, tractor trailers. And that's the reason why I was like, okay, at least he's giving a cogent uh, 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 reason that makes sense. When a socialist says it, it's just because they have some job, like, I mean, they just think that you should just have. And I understand. You make it was sa- this- sound nice, but in reality, uh, technology changes, jobs changes. I mean, that's just the way it is. But when you literally see people getting unemployment and you see instantly, instantly. Oh, well, I know that. I'm with you on that. The I'm work, talking like, about UBI then, with you. What I'm saying is, and, and then when it, someone tries to tell me there'll be more production and people want to produce more and there'll be, and I'm sitting here saying, no, we sit there and tried that for a year and a half and production went down. That's why we have inflation right now. That's why we couldn't get nobody to work. That's why small businesses are drowning. It sounds great, but when it's actually done, it's a disaster. Resner, I have, I'm going to try to do this story short because I know I talked a lot today. I, I, I lost two thirds of my business, right? I went from making X amount and I have, was now making one third of that. Now I was able to still keep working, but on a much smaller capacity. So I have never had unemployment. I've had a job since I was 16 years old, but I needed help. So I went in and I logged in and I was like, okay, I'm making this much, which was one third what I'm used to. And they know my fucking, they know how much I make right through the IRS and the tax bill that I pay every month being a small business owner. They told me that you're making one third less, but it's still too much to get help. I just wanted to be made whole. I didn't want free 650. I said, look, I'm making this much now. And and the way I look at it is the government broke it. You pay, you got to buy it. You got to pay it. And Trumpers, look, fucking Donald Trump was the one that started with this all this lockdown mess. He's the one that started this well, bullshit, right? Whoa, uh, yeah, he did. He did. I'm sorry. Started all you lockdown. Republicans, you got to stop you, with that. Donald Trump started this shit. He was fighting for states to reopen. He was begging them. Re- it was not in the beginning, and he was on not in the beginning, not in the beginning. Not in the beginning. The first two weeks, because it was supposed to have been two weeks of It was a few months curve. before he started trying to, to open it shit up. It was within, okay. after the two weeks. Okay, basically. so this is totally a whole nother podcast, for sure. But, but, but this wait, is real a quick, whole, my point is, that, that fucking system, because all government bureaucracy is bullshit, it would have made more sense for me to not work and make the full 650 than to work and not get any of it, because all yes. I wanted was uh, to be made whole, and that system don't work, and look, this inflation dude i'm a woodworker fucking two by fours were nine dollars a couple months ago this is what happens when there's too much money in the system the one thing about libertarians we do really well because all of our thought leaders are fucking economists thomas Sowell, milton friedman oh shit i'm forgetting the other one rothbard murray rothbard that's why we're in the place that we are because brian i'm about to put you over the reason why that's outside your perv like you can't understand that people wouldn't work if they didn't have to is because you're a really hard worker. You talked about today that you work fucking day to night. You can't understand that. But dude, there was a lot of people. I know a lot of people that weren't working and just sitting home and getting 650. You can't understand that because you work really hard. I'm going to say 15 to 20% of a population would be completely happy with the bare minimum and and barely scraping by if the government paid them money and not go to work. So I will say this just to, I mean, because this is, like I said, it's a whole other podcast to get into this conversation but i will say first of all the robots are coming a lot faster than you think Mm -hmm. they're coming hard and they're going to take all of the low hanging fruit jobs and they're going to just suck them right up and then there's not then there isn't going to be way 
for any of those people to make money, and that is going to be a problem. However, Somebody still has to build the machines and run the machines. You're right, but it takes machines. a lot less of them, and those are a lot smarter people than the people and are going to be out of yeah, work. Exactly, they're a lot smarter people. They're a lot smarter people. So what they're doing is they're cutting out the lowest common denominator. When the lowest common denominator is broke, the lowest common denominator gets violent, and they steal shit and they go nuts. So what you're creating is a bunch of people who are going to be unemployable very soon, and it's going to be a weird, weird world. And and you know what? One time we were arguing on the show about $15 minimum wage. $15 minimum wage isn't even enough now for the inflation that we've seen just in the last six months. We're in a position now where we have to be $15. Here in Florida, nobody wants to pay $15, but everybody has to. Hell, there, there's gas stations giving fucking sign-on bonuses like the fucking military down here. It's insane. And like you said, I am a worker. I do, I do put my work in, and I believe that everyone should. And I think that if everyone had the type of uh, the type of focus to get out there and and just beat the pavement till the money comes out, then this whole world would be a different place. But you're right, no, not everyone is the same. Regardless, this is a different conversation. The question now, Stephen, who's going to be the president in 2024? Oh, it's going to be Trump. Guys, you all keep this shit up. Keep it up, Democrats. Keep it up. It's just like when I talked about with the abortion debate. You know, you all fucking celebrated the shit and it strengthened the resolve of the other side. Keep it up. Donald Trump's coming. Now, who I would rather have is Ron is Rand Paul. I'd love for Ron Paul, but he's too old. He's my favorite politician of all time. The greatest speech of the 20th 21st century See, and probably 20th this is, is Ron Paul's going away speech on the floor. So I want it to be Rand Paul, but it's going to be Donald Trump. Okay. Man, that dude is going to fucking stick around. He's going to start working out and shit and like getting in shape. You watch. This is just like what Chris Cook said. Chris Cook straight up said Stephen Barker will say something and it'll make a whole lot of sense. And then he'll say something that just fucking is just blows it all out of the water. You don't you like Rand Paul? Well, Ron first Paul? of all, let's talk about Ron Paul. You said he was your favorite politician of all time. Yes, when absolutely. actually what, what Ron Paul was, what Ron Paul was was a hole in the ground covered with leaves for Republicans to fall in, or actually not Republicans to fall in, for white guys who weren't sure about a black president to fall in. And they still weren't sure when his presidency was over, and they I fell for Obama. right. Well, and then you fell right in the Ron Paul hole. You're, you're an example of what I'm talking about. A guy who voted for Obama that all of a sudden was strolling down his political path and there was a hole in the ground covered with leaves and you fell in. Nope. And nope, then all nope, of a sudden no, you had an R beside you know your what? name. The guy wanted, he said he wanted freedom. He is, that man, Ron Paul, did one of the most uh, courageous things that's ever been, hap that's ever happened in politics during the Republican debate in South Carolina. Ron Paul said, I think all drugs should be legal. Right. And whoever the moderator Don't, was did, you, you, said. That was like candy. That was pieces of candy no, leading to the that's hole. That's what I think. That's what I feel. But it's that's that, not candy. Exactly. No, it is. That's what I think is yes. should be. But, yes. but it's not what he thought. That's what it I'm telling what you. It's not that's, what he thought. It, yes, He it put is. those little pieces yes, of candy is. to I, get these no. regular white guys to put an arm beside of their name. And then he dropped out and gave all his votes in the wrong direction. Anyway, no, what were you going to say, no, Phil? It's, no, no, that's, oh, that's I, what I, happened. I was, I was just going to say, I don't want to rush you guys. My, my computer's about ready to die, and I'll just realize I don't we have are, a charger here. We are, so. we, are, we are cleaning up right now. I'm about to that's go to Remington, and then we're done. Okay. 
Okay, so now it, all that's left is you, Mr. Steele. Remington Steele, you have got the question on your plate of who you think is going to be the president in 2024, and I'd like to phrase it like, who do you think will be and who would you like to be? Because I know that who you like, who you would like to be president it is not going to is not going to actually have the kind of press that they need to become president because ranked choice voting isn't a thing. But I want to hear both sides. First of all, who who do you think is going to be the president in 2024? Doesn't matter who America's still fucked. That's the best way I can phrase it. It doesn't matter who America's still fucked. Even if Donald Trump got in, even if, you know, Biden or some other young uh, Democrat gets and we're still going to be in the same giant loop of a mess on the other question really it's it's i don't know right now because i don't look at it like that's still a couple years away i can see what's going on because things are developing still so you don't have anybody There's, that you would pick right now if somebody was like remington your vote counts who do you want to be president you wouldn't have anybody. right now I, w- I would be like we're fucked and walked away because we are we're fucked even if you could pick the president if you if you can if, that, that's a really bleak progressive outlook he's <laughs> right if, if i'm he's only right. if i'm only given the two choices of a democrat and a republican as this were as this framework i'm not no i have. said anybody you wanted anybody you wanted I, to be president i really was, don't know right now because we're, we're we're only in the what still year of biden's okay. and we're we're not getting like i'm not seeing the okay. political landscape start to form right now i got you i that got you. takes time and i think if we're trying to like go oh he's the moment's like still that's still up in the air because i also think and i've seen a little bit of this in both sides there's a disillusionment on both sides a lot of people that are rational that keep seeing trump lose on the right are starting to get disillusioned by him and you see the people on the left with biden where he's balking at his campaign promises it's not a pretty picture that was both sides Go ahead. Both both sides, and while Phil think it's going to be a national thing, I think it's the civil war within everything is going to be in both political systems. You're going to have both the disenfranchised and both the Democratic and Republican parties just go at each other. That was the longest anyone has ever taken to not answer two of my questions. Ever. I don't know what to I tell know. you. Okay, so like, I'm gonna I kick. Can't. I got. I got to kick this over to Chris Cook because we heard who Phil thinks is gonna be the president, and that's obviously who Phil wants to be the president. Stephen Barker, he didn't have. He didn't have someone in that direction. But I'd love it for it to be Rand Paul. I just want somebody to give us some freedoms back. Man. Chris, Rand Paul is voting against the Patriot Act. Chris Cook I'm for that. Chris he wants legalized drugs. That's what I want. Chris, I'll be in a cabinet. Well, yeah, I, I'd take it. I had originally I'm, said that it was my my outlook was pretty bleak, and it was listen to everybody else. And the only one that was definitive was Phil. You know, Stephen did did go and say, "Guess what? He's coming back." But the reality is, like Remy said, 
I, I don't see the political landscape, at least on this side of the aisle, developing. So I don't know who to pick, but you have a mug on your desk. That's who I, you're asking who I'd like yeah, to be. Yeah, let's do it. Do it right now, Brian Reznor. That's Tell him who, who should be. That's who that's you would who like. Be. Because yeah. you know what? He's the Phil's perfect. going to flip his lid when he hears this. Honestly, I, Phil might even agree with this too. I don't know. But right down the middle of the line, you've got a guy who makes decisions based on logic and that is the rock i would love to have the rock 2024 now look look now me and i would vote for that right there that buried me and he's a fucking big wrestling fan too and here's why this is so important phil we need someone who is liked by everyone it was oprah 10 years ago but she went too far left the rock is we need someone who will who will reunite us so we can all unite around the most popular person in the world wait can we not make idiocracy a documentary please it's true man the rock would be here here's something that well for one the rock you guys are missing a point though if he runs He's not going to be liked. People's going to hate. I mean, do you want to tear do the guy down? Do you one person that hates the Rock? No one hates they the Rock. They will man. once he starts making. He can't run as a Republican like. or a I'm Democrat. I'm just telling you, it's going to happen. Here's the thing. Here's one thing the Rock could do. The Rock could step into the political landscape and be the only person on Earth who could run third party and win. He's the he's the one. He is the one who could do that. No one else could do that. You'd have to be so ridiculously popular to run third party and actually win in this system that we operate in. I think The Rock would win it by a landslide. It would be it'd be insane. He wouldn't have an R or a D beside of his name, and I think that would be incredible but that is not necessarily who i would want to be the president or who i think is going to be the, i mean oh, then you got to give me that mug so fuck off nah, there you go i want I that mean, mug if i was get to debate can we just get debates with him even if he doesn't run oh it'd that would be, be killer be so can you imagine awesome. the promos on trump and biden can you imagine what the speeches would be like if they oh, were done by the they, rock Dude, what we'd all have moderator? American flags out front. Rock be the, the debate and the moderator, and he can just uh, smack them down if they get out of line. Well, he would, he would make a great debate moderator. He would make a way better debate moderator okay. than I have debate been here moderator. today, for sure. That is, uh, that is for sure. But we have talked about the future of America nonstop for two hours, and we've got nowhere just like the United States government. If you want the government to fix government, it is like having cancer fix cancer. Well, that about does it for today if you made it through a two-hour argument that went nowhere to get here then i truly commend you be sure to join the focus group of res on facebook give us a like on facebook follow us on instagram follow us on twitter but also don't forget to click subscribe so you are always up to date when a new episode is released thank you for joining me today always remember that positivity is the secret to life logic is omnipotent truth is infallible and light is opportunity we will see you next time on the Brian Resner Experiment. The Brian Resner Experiment on Superior Radio Network. I'm looking for the good life, good life. Sitting on top of the world. I want to be shining like diamonds and pearls. I want you to go there with me, girl. I'm looking for the good life, good life. Baby, we can have it all. We can make love by the waterfalls. I'm living that La da da da, good life, good life, sitting by the fire. Uh, a la da day, good life, good life, feeling that breeze. A la da da da, good 
life, good life, taking you higher. Uh, la da di, good life, good life, come with me. Got my lady and I got my shine. Money in my pocket and we're feeling fine. Radio's loud and we're playing sublime. I think it's gonna be a good day, my oh my. I can't believe I made it this far. It's a miracle. Floating in the clouds now, used to be miserable. Never looking back since I changed my ways. I'm on that good life tip today. I'm looking for the good life, good life. Sitting on top of the world, I wanna be shining like diamonds and pearls. I want you to go there with me, girl. I'm looking for the good life, good life. Baby, we can have it all. We can make love by the waterfalls. I'm living that good life after all. La da da da, good life, good life, sitting by the fire. This has been a product of Superior Radio Network. This is not just a podcast. House of Cafe with Brian Resner and Stephen New. This is a tribe of devoted super fans that have crashed through the barricades torn down barriers, and broken through the fourth wall. This is a creative think tank full of people who have given way too much of their lives to professional wrestling to not be getting a paycheck. This is a secret society of elite fans from all over the globe. And guess what? It isn't a secret anymore. House of Kayfabe featuring Jim Cornette's lawyer Stephen P. New is available now on all major podcast platforms. Just click subscribe to join the Kayfabe stream and get access to unbelievable interviews, in-depth discussions, hilarious segments, and exclusive content. This is the fan-driven podcast you have been looking for. House of Kayfabe with Brian Resner and Stephen New. At the law office of Stephen New, we take a team approach to your case. Our staff and paralegals are excellent and will assist you through every step of your case. We employ world-class experts to make sure that your case is developed to its maximum value. When you seek legal counsel, choose Stephen New and his team. They'll work together to achieve the best results for your case and support you every step of the way. Our clients, why we do what we do at the Law Office of Stephen New.